This is the Copper Crab Podcast. Oh shit. I'm Cheney Crab. Naveen Copperweiss in the house, main host. <laughs> I'm the co-host. I, all right, guys. You, you should fight for your spot as not co-host. I'm fine with that. I've accepted it at this point. You guys, I'm going to throw the t-shirts in the description. Go pick one up if you want to. Today, our guest is Ricky Hoover. He is the vocalist of, of Sulphur. He used to be the vocalist of a band called Suffocate. And you're also a barber, streaming live from yeah. your barber shop. That's what's oh. up. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. Uh, so where is the shop? Yeah, where? Henderson, uh, Nevada. Oh. Oh, sick, man. Okay. So do you own your own shop? It's um, it's basically like a building full of like private suites. So, for all all uh, you know purposes, I guess I own this room. Yeah, so. totally, totally. Like you run the shop. It's yours. It's mm-hmm. your, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's awesome. When Just, when did you uh start? barbering when did you go to barber school was that like during suffocate or after no um so basically we were on a quote break in between touring and stuff because we just finished recording uh recording the the last record and um i basically was like i'm gonna go to barber college i need something to fall back on because everybody else had something to fall back on i guess right so 2012 actually oh wow it's been a minute so, so I've been doing it. For- yeah, that's a long time. Do you do you enjoy it? Oh yeah, it's 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 awesome. I get freedom. I can I can come to work looking like this. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> totally, man. Yeah, I call it hardcore uh, retirement. Yeah, so many people that were in music are barbers or hairstylists. Um, it's insane. It's it's like I had no idea it was such a such a thing. You know. Yeah, I've got uh. We've got a friend from Des Moines who was a promoter, mm-hmm. and he's yeah, he was also in bands and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was in... Do you remember that band, Too Pure to Die? Yeah, I yeah. sure do. Yeah, my boy Jordan was the guitar player of that band, and he's a barber in Des Moines as well. So, you know, it's like what everyone does. It, it, guys do it. I don't know. It's like guys who play music are drawn to it. Oh, yeah. My, my buddy who... Uh, um, he sings for fit, fit for an autopsy. He's a barber too, so you know. Oh, really? Yeah, that's cool. I Alex have... Wade from Whitechapel. I know. Alex, actually, it's cool. I was talking to Alex um, uh, when he was going into barber college, and we used to like send haircut photos back and forth to to each other. Okay. And man, like that got so good so fast. It's insane. He's he's amazing. Yeah, he's really sick. And the thing we toured with Whitechapel a few years ago, and it's sick because he can you know cut people's hair on tour. So it's a cool oh. like hustle to have while you're on tour with a bunch of dudes a lot of the time that's that's pretty sick so suffocate then broke up in 20 i guess after your break you guys uh, eventually just decided that it was like um so what happened basically was the drummer and i lars never got along ever from from like day one um basically uh it had to do with like the van payment, something stupid and trivial. It was as the van as it always does, man. It's always like something so stupid. Him and I got into it because at the at the moment, both of my parents were unemployed, so any money I was making, I was giving to them so they could keep their house. Oh wow! Um, and he got upset about that that I couldn't pitch in for the van payment. 
um, at the point at the moment. And, uh, cause his mom got, I think she broke her, her ankle, but she worked for the air airlines for 50 years. So it's like, she had crazy health insurance. She's going to be fine. So we got into this huge streaming match on the phone and blah, 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 blah. And then he went and told everybody in the band, as well as the label that we were on, that I didn't want to contribute anything to the band. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was a nightmare. And, uh, basically I, I was like, I can't do this. Um, I'm just going to take some time off, go to school and we'll figure it out then. And I think like maybe two months into it, I sent everybody a text message saying, I'm done. I'm out. I'm just going to cut hair. Yeah. I mean, that's the unfortunate part of bands is that a lot of the time when huge like debacles come up and everyone's in a fight, it's over something so trivial, like a few hundred dollars or, you know, and it ruins friendships. Oh, yeah, it was it was it was crappy. Apparently, the rest of the guys in the band said they never got the text that I sent. So I didn't talk to anybody for a few years. Oh, wow. Um, Taylor, who was the guitar player from the beginning. He never gets enough credit. That guy was like the heart and soul of the band. Him and I finally reconnected. And then uh, I reconnected with uh, Bray, the original bass player. And everybody, we're all pretty cool now, actually, except for me and Lars. I'll, me and Lars will never talk. Yeah. So Damn, that's great. he tried to get me jumped by a, by a pretty gnarly crew, actually, for no reason, too. Dang. Wait, you got jumped or he got jumped? No, he reached out to the crew and tried to get me jumped by them for nothing. What? <laughs> I had the head of the crew and i was like yo man i don't know what's going on but and the guy was like no no no, it's fine it's it's i don't know what's going on either he's saying you're saying this blah 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 i was like i hadn't said anything and, and he's like you're fine just keep doing your hair stuff and you know whatever but yeah i, I thought i was gonna get like uh like a swung on site <laughs> holy Damn. shit dude well uh so they're they're from the bay area so were you in the bay area a lot oh yeah so when i joined the band um I drove up there at like three in the morning to try out. <laughs> I tried out and, uh, and then for the next few months I would drive up and down and um, go back between Calif- uh, Southern California and Northern California. Cause I'm from Fullerton. Oh, it was like eight hours. Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I spent, I spent about eight months. I think once I moved up there, I spent eight months there living in the practice studio, the lockout illegally and sleeping on like the dirty couch <laughs> And, like, eating from a vending machine and shit. It was gnarly. That's, Damn. like, early 20s. The shit you'll do to be in a band when you're in your early 20s. Yeah, yeah no. They just, I just made it work somehow. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It always does seem to work, though. You know yeah. what I mean? It really does. I, <laughs> it's crazy. Somehow it worked, and I would stay at the members' houses from time to time when I, you know, like, needed a shower or whatever. It's crazy. So, from that point, the... Uh, were you in the like how many years were you in the band? I joined in 2008 and I quit in 2012. So only 4 years, give or take a few months. Yeah, but I mean in band time, that's a long fucking time. 4 well, years. When, like when I got in the band, we finally signed and we finally started touring professionally and internationally. So those 4 years we did I mean, I think maybe in those in the total of those four years, I might have been home maybe maybe eleven months, ten months, maybe oh, wow. total. We were just gone all the time. Crazy long three month tours, right to back to back to other tours. We went to Europe like I don't even like a crazy amount of times actually. Russia wow. and all those 
So we did a lot in those four years. Damn. How'd you like going to Russia? Russia was amazing. Like we did a signing and I'd never done a signing before ever, even over here in the States or other European countries. And the line for the signing at the tiny record shop that they had was, I don't know, man, it might've been half a mile long and maybe a little bit more. Wow. Yeah, I believe, I believe it. Yeah. So it kind of, we didn't do a signing, but I've been, I've actually, I went to Russia a couple times with different, two different bands and uh, it was gnarly. It was like fandom. Really? Stuff. Yeah. I've, I haven't they, been to Russia yet. Yeah. Like when you go there, they will, I jumped, we were playing in, in, in Rostov, which is like a smaller town. Um, when I jumped off stage, uh, decline home. Sorry. Hold on. Oh, we can still hear you. All good. Yeah, stupid uh, thing. But when I jumped off the stage, I think it was like a 350 person show. So not a big show really, but everybody there just swarmed to me and I had like a panic attack <laughs> and I had to like go to the backstage and then I come out 20 minutes later and they're all still there. Oh yeah. <laughs> you were like yeah. hoping that they were going to be gone by the time you came back out. <laughs> In Russia, they like will still, they'll sit and talk with you for hours after the show just because they want to meet you and talk and like, it's nuts. I had a buddy of mine from a, from another band that went there his guitar player, he said um, the one of the fans wanted him to burn them with his cigarette so they would have a scar from him forever. <laughs> That's metal. He did it, but, yeah. you know. <laughs> so shout out to that guy, whoever he is in Russia right now with a huge cigarette burn on himself. Damn, yeah, that's pretty early. <laughs> oh, man, it's crazy shit. <laughs> so do you, do you miss touring at all? Do you see yourself doing that again anytime? You know, uh, for the first few years, I missed it terribly. I, I didn't like waking up in the same place anymore. Um, but, you know, now I have a family. I own a business. I have two beautiful children, a beautiful wife who I was lucky enough to get somehow. So I don't necessarily know if I want to tour like crazy anymore. I told the guys in my van when we first got together and started talking about this that I did not want to be a full-time uh, touring musician anymore. I, I just am not about that. I told them the longest I want to do is maybe two week runs. Yeah. You know, which I think will be fine or festivals, you know, like, um, I think those are always cool to do too. You know, you fly there, you play, you fly home. So, um, I mean, I just don't think logistically I could tour right now. Yeah. That's know? the thing when you become a parent, like, so our, the, our old bass player, Evan, he had a kid and, you know, the plan from the beginning was, okay, when she turns four, I'll come back and go on tour. Or he, he even went on one tour with us while she was like three months old and tried to pull it off. But it was just, uh, it was fucking sort of sad. It's, it's just, you feel weird being in a band with someone and you're like, man, I'm like taking you away from, from yeah. your kids. And, and it and makes what we do on tour seem so dumb, you know? Like, yeah. We're going to Waffle House or whatever. Yeah, you know? and meanwhile, it's like, this guy's got a kid. Like, you know, it's yeah. just, it, there's something I I totally get, even though I'm not a parent, I totally understand why it would be, you, you think things might be different, like maybe you'll have a kid and it'll be okay to leave on tour, but I'm sure it's not. I don't know how people do it. I don't, like, um, so I, I'm not with my son's mother, mm -hmm. um, and my current, my wife and I have a, a child. Um, but so I only get my son half the time. Oh. So it's like being away from him even more than that would just, it would, I don't think I could do it. I definitely don't, you know, I only get him a few days a week. So, yeah. So you get him more than like every other weekend type deal. Oh yeah. We split the week. So we have him. So it actually worked out really well because 
the days I don't work are the days that I have him. Okay. So I have him from Saturday to Tuesday and then they have him for the rest. That's cool. So it's you and his mom are cool and it's like an easy, (laughs) you know, (laughs) thankfully, thankfully uh, I don't have to talk to his mother my wife and her are able to talk. So. Oh, that's okay. chill. That's, that's good. Fun. You got a little, you got a mediator. Yeah, exactly. She's the mediator, thankfully. So are you so. drinking like four scoops of pre-workout right now or what's what's going yeah, on? Well, yeah, I was going to ask you that too. <laughs> this is actually crystal light, but yeah. Okay. Oh shit. Okay. You know, the muscles, the, do you do power lifting? Is that what you? Yeah, I recently, I've only been doing power lifting now for maybe a year and a half. Okay. Before, like, like legit, like, tried, like, tried to do bodybuilding training, but I just it wasn't doing very much. I put on way more size doing powerlifting. So, plus, I don't care about having abs anymore. My wife likes likes uh, you know a soft stomach. Yeah, as we, as another woman who's attracted to men, I agree with that. I like it's like you know you want like a something there. I know. I was looking. I was looking at your Instagram. I was like, "Damn, I'm gonna go for this mountain man look, dude." Fuck that. I know, and like, I see you sick. all the time when people will ask you questions about your um your like dieting routine. You'll be like, "I don't know. I just eat whatever the fuck my wife makes me." Yeah, like- yeah. Basically, she's she uh, since what is it? When I toured in Suffocate, I was one sixty five soaking wet. Really? How tall are you? Six four. Holy shit, dude! So you were like you're like naturally a skinny dude. Yeah, yeah. So, and um, right now I'm sitting around 250-ish, 245-ish. Whoa. So Damn, That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Naveen, Naveen <laughs> is, a, is a really skinny dude naturally as well, and so is your brother. And they're both, you know, Naveen's brother is super into, like, Olympic weightlifting and stuff. And But, yeah, I don't what, – so what do you guys have to do when you try to get bigger? You just eat, like, everything <laughs> under the sun? Everything I can. Um, yeah. I eat. Protein, carbs. Um, I don't do any of the protein shakes or anything like that. Those all just bloat me and basically like give me stomach aches and shit like that. So I, um, I just eat everything that gets in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> and my wife makes me very big meals since she meal preps for me. Oh shit! Oh, Damn. That's I'm also sorry. a way better deal than trying to do the bodybuilding thing where you're like, all right, I can't eat too much, like. I don't know. That just sucks. Like I've done, I've done it. Like got super shredded, and yeah, it's it's cool too. when you're after you're shredded. You're like sick. This is cool. I have abs and stuff. But then it's like, yeah, but my life is like revolving yeah. around not eating anything. Yeah, uh, you know, like I did the whole trying to have abs thing, and and then when I would go into the gym, I couldn't lift anything. Like I I had no strength whatsoever. Wow. Were you on? And like you're all that? fatigued and shit. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I would fast. I'd go into the gym fasting. That's what I used to do too. Cause Naveen and I were super like shredded a couple of years ago. And even on tour, we were like, it was planet fitness every day on tour. Mm-hmm. And we were both on calorie restricted diets all and right. it's just like, Pure I, hell. yeah, Pure it's, it's fucking hard, <laughs> man. It's very hard. And you, it, all you think about is food all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I was on this gnarly bodybuilder diet where I was eating, man, I was eating like a carton of eggs every day, basically. Oh, shit. And I was also eating, I was also eating um, like egg whites every day, like a crazy amount of egg whites. I was eating 11 times a day. 
and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Yeah, and it's just gross after a while. Like, ugh, it's disgusting. I don't want to eat. Food or taste. Yeah. Yeah. Were you ever, like, drinking eggs? Yeah, I do that, too. But, like, protein shake them real fast. You can get egg whites and put them in with stuff like Crystal Light, and you don't even taste the egg. Oh, dude. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> just the thought of it makes me want to barf. I developed an allergy to eggs from it, actually. So I, I very rarely eat eggs anymore. Well, what was happening? You were just like breaking out. Um, just stomach issues, just like terrible cramps in my stomach all the time from it. Wow. So, so, you know. so back to band stuff before you started of sulfur, did you think that you would ever be in a band again? No, I, this is funny. I, I actually had like conversations with people about how I didn't want to return to music ever again. Like the way the band ended and the way all the stuff that followed after that, like other band members uh, from bands we toured with threatening me because of what the drummer would tell them I was saying. Like, Really? You had people threatening you as well from other bands? Yeah, calling me on the phone threatening me. Like, (laughs) Dude. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, And me being like, what are you talking about? I'll send you a screenshot of everything. Then the person would apologize. Uh, then the person apologized to me and was like, Oh, I hope we're cool. I'm like, fuck you. We're not cool. Don't fucking talk to me ever again. But, uh, after that, um, I was just so burnt out on music and, and stuff. And then the pandemic happened and I'm like, I'm bored as shit. I can't work. Maybe I'll start doing YouTube covers. I still can do vocals somewhat, you know, I haven't done them a long time, but I can still do them. And uh, I posted a thing on Instagram because originally I wanted to do a tech death band, like oh, yeah. test, uh, uh, technical death metal. Yeah. That's what I originally wanted to do. And I posted a thing uh, about just jamming with people. You know, I was like, I just want to go play something. And uh, my friend out here, she knew, uh, she knows all the musicians out here and put me in contact with my, uh, my guitar player, Chase. And he's like, yo, I can't play that shit, man, but we can do something else if you want. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool, whatever. I just want to make music and have fun, you know, just just for fun. Yeah, totally. And <laughs> it kind of just became something way bigger that I never had any idea would happen again. I didn't think people would care. It's been a decade. Totally. So uh, literally you started with this idea after Corona, after the pandemic hit. Wow. That's what did it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we were listening to uh, that and the Suffocate that you were on today, and it's like you're you've even improved as a vocalist, which is funny because you're like I wasn't even doing vocals, but your vocals have improved over the time that you've had off. I think. Well, I, I had a meeting with a vocal coach actually after the first song came out. So, oh, yeah. so behind the hand of God was before I ever met with the vocal coach. Um, so. What he, the way he broke it down for me, he's like, well, you're, you're almost a hundred pounds bigger now than you were before. So with that, everything else has grown. So your voice is going to be a little different and you're, you're 10 years older. Yeah. So I've basically had to relearn how to warm up completely differently. I've had to do like the, the new, the songs that are coming out that we're going to release after this, my voice, I do a lot of different other sounds too, even on every song. Oh, that's cool that aren't even on that song. So like I do lower gutturals, I do some tunnel stuff. I do some higher, like high, really high vocals. Um, but like, it's, it's, it's weird because I thought I was, I, I would have thought I would have like lost it. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I mean, honestly, I feel like when I'm practicing all the time is when my voice is the best. So I would, mm. I totally understand why you would have thought that it's like, well, my voice must be gone at this point. Well, when you tour, when you tour yeah. and you play every night, your voice never sounds as good when you're recording anything as it does when you're on tour doing it's it every night. So true. And I feel that way about just like the performance of songs in general. It's Naveen and I were talking about this yesterday. It's like, dude, we we're writing an album right now and whatever we put down on album in three years, all of it's going to sound better. It, yeah. Just over time, you get better at doing all of that stuff. And being a vocalist, it's like you're you understand where to breathe in the song and you can do each you can like hyper focus in on each minuscule part of the song. Whereas in the studio, you're just like, all right, let me get this song done. Yeah. You know, trying to just, just go in for a lot it. Of people like to admit it, but they do piece by piece vocals for songs, as, yeah. you know, nobody wants to admit it. But, I'll admit you know. it. I'll, I don't even, it's like, dude, if I want to, I'm going to make that fucking recording sound the best that it can sound while I'm doing it. So I'm not going to go through and just track an entire song because the first time through running through a song is not when it's going to sound pristine. Hell no. I, I had a conversation with the, with the, a vocalist, um, like a younger vocalist who just messaged. He, sometimes I get people messaging me, asking me questions. And if I have the time, I like to respond to like everybody. Yeah. Um, me too. Because I, it's, it just makes a difference when you respond to everybody because you know, that, that that's not to sound egotistical, but it, it seems to make their day. So, um, and I hate when I try to talk to people and they don't respond. It's, it's like, I do too. You know, but um, I'm just, I was like telling him, uh, um, basically like, a lot of the vocalists that you look up to without dropping any names will go into the studio and I've seen it happen. I've been there for recordings of other friends, bands and whatnot. They do like 12 vocal tracks layered on top of each other. Dude, bro. Some of them, some of them actually pitch shift their vocals down. I know of very big bands that do that and I'm not going to, I'm not going to name no. the band I'm thinking of, but people do that shit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, it's not, I mean, but the thing is, it's like, I, I don't know if I'm the most opposed to it because I understand serving the material. I would never do it because yeah. I, because I want. I might, what I'd, Chaney, you might it might be pitch shifted and you don't even know it. What about that? <laughs> I know it's that? like <laughs> it's like every video I ever post is pitch shifted because you know I'm the one doing the mix. So she's got a early voice, like it's pretty fucking ridiculous. Like that dying. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, no, we've never done that. For, for the <laughs> Thanks, record. man. For the record. Yeah. Means a lot. Means a lot. <laughs> I know. After the Dying Fetus cover, I'm like, yo, what? What's up with some of that shit on our material, dude? Let's let's get it a little lower, dude. What the fuck? <laughs> I know you've been pressuring me to go super low, but you know, it's. I do feel like, I mean, even there, there are guitar videos that people put up where they're just they're hyper sped up. Just people do yeah. that. I mean, I see people post vocal videos where it's like it's miming. They're, they recorded a track and then they went in and mimed the video. And I, I feel bad for kids who are seeing this shit and they don't know what's going on because mm -hmm. they're like, how in the fuck can I ever replicate this? And it's like, well, uh, you know, the same way as that person, you just yeah, you mime everything you do. Can't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's like how they used to do music, you know, like live things back in the day, fucking Millie Vanilli stuff. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm dating myself right now, Millie Vanilli, Millie Vanilli, but, um, we're, you know, all, we're all old here, bro. <laughs> I, 
Uh, yeah, I, uh, it's funny. In, in Suffocate, Taylor was the same age as us, but we all called him Grandpa just to give him shit. But now I'm ten years older ever than older than anybody in my band of Sulphur, and they call me like like Grandpa now and Dad and shit. Oh, you're the oldest guy in of Sulphur. Yeah, I just turned thirty six um, on the fifth, so I'm I'm definitely you know the happy, oldest for sure. Happy late birthday, dude. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. You know, uh, I, I agree with what you're saying though, as far as like kids are going to watch these things and be like, how do I, you know, it's just so crazy. Cause back in, you know, back in the time when I was learning how to do it, we didn't have YouTube tutorials. Like I we know. didn't have any. I, know. I remember the I first know. time I saw YouTube, I was like, I'd already been in animosity for like five years. I was like, dang, this is was, sick. And by the way, <laughs> what was that? I was a big fan of animals. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah, we played with Suffocate a bunch of times. I don't know if you were in the band at the time. It was probably before I was in the band. Yeah, yeah. Um, I vaguely remember when you joined, and I was like, damn, that guy has huge stretched ears. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you used to be the, the stretched ear guy, right? Like, you had fucking huge stretched ears. At one, at one point, there was an article about me, apparently, um, said I had the biggest ears in metal. I believe it. Me and the dude from my my children, my bride. Remember that band? Yeah. But I think he was three or four sizes below what I eventually got to. But I don't remember exactly. So what were you at? I was. I was. I was almost at three inches, if I remember correctly. Damn. Jesus Christ, man! Yeah, that's big. So uh, you. So how do you, how do you like shrank them back in, huh? That's pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, what was that? Sorry. Oh, my bad, my bad. I had a I had a friend of mine cut them off and and just sew the remaining pieces together. He did a really good job. Oh, he did. They look just like you never nothing ever happened to them. Were you kind of like uh, on the fence about doing it? Like I don't know if I want to let all this go, all this hard work. So when I got them, I had them cut to where I could go bigger. Like I had pieces cut out of the part right there. So my ears would stretch easier. It was awesome. But unfortunately that was a bad thing because they would, they didn't stop stretching and they became really uncomfortable. Oh yeah. Whoa. I didn't know that people did that. Yeah. It, you do some weird shit. Like when I had them cut the first time, um, I ate the pieces because it's like part of like a rite of passage. Yeah. Holy shit. That's You're sick. super metal, dude. That's super <laughs> sick. Did you fry it up first? Put some like seasoning no, on there and shit? Well, what did it uh, taste like? <laughs> uh, iron, a lot of iron because the blood. Wow. But um, it had the consistency of, of really tough steak fat. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, I always wonder <laughs> when people, because we've been watching That's a lot so of Fear cute. Factor lately. And, you know, they're always eating some, like, huge, disgusting piece of flesh. <sighs> As, and I honestly, I feel like I would rather eat my ear, a part of my ear, than eat anything they're putting on Fear Factor. It's funny. The term is auto cannibal. Auto cannibal. <laughs> when you eat yourself. When you eat your own, yeah. Why? It's funny. The pieces that got cut off are in my garage in a mason jar right now uh, in uh, in an uh, uh, alcohol. I want to get them put in acrylic and make it a doorknob to my garage. <laughs> the story gets better and better as you go on. <laughs> yeah, my wife is not about it. Yeah. So, okay, so you didn't have, you didn't go to like a doctor to get the whole thing. You just had a. I had a buddy who was a body modification guy who did like artistic cutting, scalplings, all that stuff, you know, body modification shit. He just cut them off and I think I tipped him 60 bucks and boom, that was it. 
Whoa. Damn. Did was, he... That sounds like it was not fun. He had a little bit of lidocaine. We, he, I didn't really want him to waste his lidocaine on me because I wasn't really paying him. So, I mean, the first time I had him cut, I didn't use it. And then, you know, I have a high tolerance, I guess. Obviously. Holy shit, dude. <laughs> were you on, were wow. you like drunk or anything? You're just no, plain stone cold sober. I've never um, gotten any kind of body modification, whether it's tattoos or piercings or anything. Like, you know, I've been, I've been straight edge now for like, fuck, 14, 13, 14 years. Oh, wow. You're straight edge. Something like that. Yeah. Or no, actually, now that I've been out of the band 10 years. Oh, my God. I've been straight edge a long time. <laughs> I can't even think. What made you claim straight edge in the first place? <clears throat> um, like my whole family, like when I was growing up, my whole family had drug and alcohol problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, like, uh, so I, I started really young. Like I was drinking, I was drinking like forties and Mickey's when I was like, I don't know, 12 and smoking weed and all this other shit. And, um, and then one time when I was, I was, I forget what year high school I was, it was pretty early in my high school, you know, um, I smoked weed that someone put coke in. Oh shit. So basically crack. Yeah. I had no idea either. And it fucking freaked me out to the point of where I was like, I'm never doing that again. And then the last time I drank, apparently I blacked out and tried to stab some dude with a broken beer bottle from what they told me. Wow. Um, I don't remember any of it because I was blacked out. I just woke up locked in a bedroom the next morning. So that was why I stopped drinking. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. When, when I hear stories like that, I'm like, okay, I totally get and empathize with why you like are like this is not a thing that's for me drinking and and smoking weed affect everyone in a much different way you know oh yeah i mean you know that being said i think everybody's first few years of being straight edge you're that militant like oh i'm gonna smack the cigarette out your mouth but then after you mature you know (laughs) hopefully you start to be like well you know i don't give a fuck you do what you do man like you know, it doesn't affect me. And I, I bought my friend's beer for their birthday before, like, like, uh, when we go to the bar, you know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. So do you enjoy hanging out at bars being a straight edge person? Um, it's so I, I don't really do it anymore. Um, but like if, if, if it's like a, if it's a special, um, you know, get together with a friend or something, um, usually it's just funny to see what people do when they're drunk. It's almost like a comedy thing for me. Totally. So it sucks so bad being around drunk people, when you're then, sober. especially when you're sober. It's like, I think these that, motherfuckers are like the, worst. the tours that we've done sober. I'm just like, I got to get away from these yeah, fucking people like, because I, I can't. It's so you don't realize when you're also a drunk person that everyone is being super fucking annoying. But when you're sober and you're around all of these drunk people, you're like, oh, my God, these people are yeah. awful. Oh yeah, you know it's 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 funny because it's it can just be stuff that you know you put in your uh, your uh, I don't want to say blackmail uh, portfolio, but you know he got some stuff on people. <laughs> yeah, all of your friends are like Ricky knows everything about us because that dude's always sober. <laughs> We're doing dumb shit. So throughout most of your touring, you didn't drink. I didn't drink at all in any or do anything in any of my touring, which you know, like my band, my old band, uh, they were infamous for partying. Oh really. <laughs> Oh, yeah, they love, like, like the drummer would do anything you put under his nose, basically. Um, yeah. Uh, the first tour with him, with, with us, he was snorting uh, uh, lint out of his wallet and hoping there was something in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. So yeah. were you in Suffocate when they toured in, 
I played one show with Suffocate. I did like a. What happened basically? I was in the local band that was playing the show, and it was with. I believe it was a tour with Oceano and the Breathing Process. Were you on that tour? Yep. Okay, yep. so the tour came through Des Moines, and the show was about to get canceled, and my band was opening it. So I hit up the promoter, and or I hit up, I, I don't know, it must have been your guys' booking agent or someone's booking agent, and I was like, I'll put on the show, and they offered me the show for half price. And I felt, okay. I've felt bad ever since that time because I catered it with Little Caesars pizzas. Like, no joke. I've, Wait, you I've were the promoter? I, I became the promoter. It's the only show I've ever promoted, man, ever. And I was a young kid, and it said, you can give these guys, like, a certain amount of buyout or buy them Little Caesars pizzas. And I went with the pizzas. And I didn't <laughs> realize how much of an asshole I was for doing that until after until I was in a touring band, and I'm like, I really wouldn't want a Little Caesars pizza. So I've been bummed about that for the last, like, 12 years of my life. You know, it happened a lot, so I wouldn't feel too bad about it. You know, <laughs> I feel terrible to this day. Do you, rem- do you remember getting a little Caesars? Or are you are you still in, trying to get over in that? In Des Moines, but <laughs> I mean, I, I I remember little little Caesars very very vividly, and I haven't eaten it since. Yeah, dude. So the, the question I was getting at though, are you were you in the band when you guys were touring in like a mini bus, right? Mm. You were. Yeah. How was it touring in one of those? You know, uh, during that time, our bass player, Bray, um, you know, he's the, he's the guy with the dreadlocks, the white dude with the dreadlocks. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the guy with the dreads because he was like the first one who emerged from the, the bus. Mm-hmm. He was Mr. Fix-It. That guy, that guy, like him and I reconnected recently uh, over the pandemic because him and I didn't like each other for a very long time um, just because of shit that went down with the band. But uh, that guy could fix, like, any and everything you put in front of him. So that, that, uh, it was, it was a, it was a shuttle bus that we converted to a, to a, um, to tour and whatnot. Oh, and yeah. like, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, we had, we had a, a microwave in there. We had, uh, we had a, a TV set up and we could, we were playing, we would play guitar hero while we would be driving. And, uh, yeah, it was fucking awesome. And uh, we had a bunk set up that we would sleep in so we could put our equipment underneath it if we wanted to. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool actually when it when it would, you know, run correctly. I think I was the one driving. It was either that one or another one that we had. It was in Texas right outside of it was the border uh, the border of uh, uh, of Juarez, Juarez, Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I was driving and the entire drive shaft dropped out of it when I was driving. Ooh. And we were stranded on the border in Texas right there for about a week. So. Damn. that's the type of shit that only happens when you're in a band it's like yeah we were stranded next to juarez for an entire week it's yeah just- there was there was tours to juarez for 30 dollars a person and i was like who the hell would do that yeah right oh no get your off no did, way did anyone in your band do it no 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 no, no. <laughs> so where we were at was a big giant uh diesel because it was a diesel it was a big giant like uh, diesel repair shop. Then across the street from across the freeway from that, there was a, like a TA, and then there was one McDonald's. And next to the diesel shop, there is a porn a porn shop that this guy's house was attached to. And my entire band would just hang out with that dude and smoke weed all day. <laughs> smoke and dirt this weed. Like, great, like deliverance kind of shit. I was I'm gonna go hang out in the shuttle bus. I'm not gonna hang out with this fucking weirdo yeah that's where i would be on the shuttle bus just... i had I, I had never broke down for that long but we, i was 
in a band that broke down like in the middle of nowhere. Actually in California though, which is the worst part about it, but we were it was just it was like in Button Willow, that's what it's called. I'm and we just chilled for like I think two or three days. It's kinda sick. It's kinda fun. It was like whatever. Were you like in were you in a parking lot? No, just I got the mechanics shop. Oh damn. Straight up. And there was like a little taco stand. <laughs> we broke down on tour so much all the time because we could never get a a consistently reliable vehicle. Yeah. That's why when yeah. when friends of mine try to tour in like anything that's not an E three fifty or just like the regular touring van, I'm like Seems cool for sure, yeah. but it's going to be a total bitch when you're in the middle of like bumfuck Egypt trying to get someone to work on that vehicle. Yeah, we we bought we bought another shuttle bus from a Rough Rider. Remember Rough Rider, like the Rough Rider motor, motorcycle gang? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Dude, we you were... guys, you California people know all about like every gang. Like you, you came in contact a with DMX, them when you were young dude. kids. Oh yeah, wait, yeah. sorry, dude. This is you. I thought it was another hardcore oh. crew. Oh, <laughs> oh Rough Riders. Um, uh, we bought a shuttle bus from from one of the guys in the Rough Riders, and it was set up all sick like a party bus, right? It was orange and black and all cool and nice stereo and everything. We're all excited, like hell yeah! I shit you not. A week later, the transmission goes out. I think it was the trans. So so we were done. That thing was trashed. It sounds yeah. sounds familiar for sure. Animosity, we never did that, but we had a like a conversion van, mm. and, then, and of course that Wait, broke what's, down. What's a conversion? Conversion van, van is like your dad, like your grandpa's, not your grandpa, but like yeah, like uh, one, someone's grandpa's like camping van. So like one of them that had the two seats in front and then the the row in back. Yeah, and everything's like it, yeah. velour and yeah. You know. I totally remember yeah. those. And we're like, yeah, this is sick. And then it's first day breaks down. Yeah. Yeah. And anytime I'm on tour and someone pulls up in a in a in a uh, a conversion, I'm like, they're gonna miss shows. That band's gonna miss shows. And, it and without happens. fail, it happens every time. Oh yeah. Now they have those bandwagons. Well, I say now, but the last time I went to Warp Tour was way back when, because I, I was hanging out with a uh, with a, a friend of mine's band there, and I saw for the first time bandwagons. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my god, man. You know what I, those are, right? <laughs> They're box trucks that that have been renovated into like a a bus. Essentially, they're a yep. half a bus, but they they're cool, but when you're riding in them at night, they're so bouncy because the shocks aren't the same that it's like uh, Naveen and I were sleeping in one together, which sucks in the first place, but we were like when we would go over a bump, we would like hit the top of the bump. Airborne. Airborne. No bullshit. Cause it's a, what? yeah. Cause it's a fucking like, it's like a moving truck. Yeah. You know, so it's it, in the back, it's bumpy. But yeah, they're way sick. And maybe I don't know. Maybe the driver was just taking some bumpy roads. I don't know. We don't really know. But so with those, with those, do you still have to pay like a generator fee every day, like big tour touring buses or anything like that? I don't know because we haven't toured in one. I know that they cost like around a grand a day. I want to say all together. <laughs> yeah. Back in the day, the the old touring, like the bigger touring buses. I think that the generator fee alone, just the generator fee was five or 600 a day. Then you have to pay your driver. You have to pay, like, it's insane. The touring bus, I don't know how bands did the tour bus thing. I mean, like, bands will just blow a shitload of money on buses and then they come home with no money. Yeah. That's why, yeah. and I mean, 
for me, it's, for me, it's <laughs> like, you know, I would rather go on tour and be a little uncomfortable on tour and come home and have made some money than like spend all of our money being comfortable on tour. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's not what but you were really, saying the other day. I know. The other day, Shane, he's like, if we get big, we're getting a fucking. I mean, I'm going to be in a bandwagon. <laughs> <laughs> they never tell you when you sign with a label, everything is going to be recuperable. Right. So you go on tour, you make money, you do all the stuff you want to do. You're like, sweet, I'm going to come home with some cash. Nope. Has to go to this, has to pay this bill, has to pay that bill. Yeah. You know, nobody realizes that touring bands, unless you're like upper echelon, you don't really make a whole lot. I know. I know. Doing it yourself. It's true. And a lot of people I don't think realize that like merch is a lot of the time fronted. So we all have merch bills that we have oh, yeah. to pay throughout the tour and that's expensive. And there's so many like hidden costs in being a band going through tolls. will just like totally oh fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had no idea of any of this until I started touring with suffocate. I had no clue that like, Literally everything that is fronted for you has to be paid back like right away. Yeah. You know, you're sending money back to your label while you're on tour. Usually what label were you guys on? We were on media scare at the time. Oh dude, rest in peace. Media. We, okay. Yeah. I actually, I told you this a while ago, we were talking about media scare on one of our podcasts and we like talked about suffocate. So, Mm -hmm. Do you know anything about what happened with that label? Because at that time, like back in the the heyday of Deathcore, it was like that was the label to me. Uh, yeah, I, you know what? It's when I left the band, the owner, Baron, had some cho- choice words with me mm-hmm. because of what Lars had told him, right? And then found out that they were planning on doing so they're planning on doing a tour with Jared, the original vocalist and just playing all old stuff, which like, I was like, yeah, that's cool, man. I don't care. You can do that. The label found out and got pissed as fuck, but they didn't find out until after I had left that. And then Baron called me a few weeks later and was like apologizing to the, for the way he, he kind of treated me when I left or whatever. And, um, you know, media scare was really cool. They did a lot for us, but the only problem was, was a lot of people didn't want to work with them. Oh, really? A lot of other bands, like a lot of bands would submit us for their tours, right? That we were friends with bigger bands and they wouldn't want to put us on just because we were on media scare. What was the problem with media scare? I honestly don't know too much, but I think a lot of people had some kind of issue with Baron, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. From what I remember, but you know, like I haven't talked to the guy in years. I don't even know, but uh, I, I talking to bands, you know, later on after the fact, a lot of people had issues with Baron from, from what I remember. Yeah. So, yeah, that's shitty. Yeah, you got to watch it. You got to like keep, I mean, I think with that and all the other stuff that we were talking about, like how every single dollar and person you associate with is going to affect your band straight up, you know? So mm-hmm. if a label's giving you money, it's not free money. You got to pay it back. Yeah, you, you know? have to pay it uh, back. There's like, so we always try to keep things real tight over here and like, you know, try to not borrow any money. You know, like I wanted, I was, I wanted to get, and we probably would have got there if we had kept touring, but you know, there was like Corona and stuff, but to where we front our own merch, you know, and we just have yeah. a little reservoir and at the beginning of tour, just boom, pay it. And then everything from then on out, it's just our money. Exactly. Well, that's the best way to do it because you're just paying yourself back. Basically, you don't have to worry about some third party taking their cut. Like, screw that. 
Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's, so, I mean, it's important to keep everything real tight. And then that, like what you said, like, oh, people don't want to work with this guy or whatever. That's, you know, you got to wa- you got to take that into consideration. If you're going to work with a booking agent or a label or someone who's like, I don't know, kind of crazy or whatever, it might affect you. Yeah. You know? Well, you have so many, you hear so many stories of these label owners, like, you know, um, uh, like getting rich off of just ripping bands off you know, buying crazy amounts of houses because they just took every bit of money from these bands and then just dropped the bands like nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it's insane that that's how artists are treated because nothing, none of the money would exist if it weren't for the artists, but Mm -hmm. artists get taken advantage of so often. And I think it especially happens when it's young kids that are the artists. They don't, when you see all of these contracts and you and you're like, "Wow, I'm going to be signed to this label, this label or that label." You don't take all of the other things into consideration. You don't know anything about money when you first get into this business. At least I didn't at all. Luckily, I was in a band with people who were seasoned and knew what the fuck they were doing, but it's like people will take advantage of anything that they can to get money or to get ahead and you really have to be like on the lookout and on the defense for yourself on on honestly like all kinds of situations even dealing with just booking agents or or promoters in different places like I remember one of the first festivals that Entheos played um they had a person from the venue selling every band's merch and the person who was selling our merch was also selling merch for animals as leaders at this festival. And she got all of our money mixed up and she didn't know who had sold what. Yeah. She didn't know who had sold what. And at the end of the night, it was like a huge issue because she was they, they were trying to give us a very small amount of money. And we knew that we'd made a lot more than that. So it became like a huge, like, hostile situation where Naveen and Evan had to go and like wait until like two o'clock in the morning to confront the promoter and get our money. And it's like, this is bands deal with this crazy shit all the time. Oh yeah. We we've had to, there was one time where we had to take, it was on the Oceano tour or one of, we toured with them a few times. Our touring, our tour manager for that tour had to take the promoter from this show we blocked his car in at the, at, in Chicago. We blocked his car in, okay, at the venue. And our, our tour manager took him to his grandmother's house, who he lived with, to get all of the money for the show. Yeah, I mean, dude, no sympathy. Honestly, for me, no sympathy. I don't feel any, no. nothing for people who try to rip bands off. Me because either. it's like, dude, we're out here eating shit. Yeah, we're already you know? like the money that we would be making is not a whole lot of money in the first place. So no. to, so to no. try to take that from us when we're functioning on very little sleep, we're all fucking <laughs> totally different creatures than we are when we're at home and showered and shit. And you're trying <laughs> to fuck with me now. It's like, oh, shit. no, he's getting hard. Yeah, dude. I know. I'm getting hard on the Internet. <laughs> There's one thing, it's, it's, it's one thing, you know, you don't fuck with someone's money. You You don't don't fuck with someone. That's, that's like the, we had, we were in Spain. We were in Spain with Carnifex and uh, it was a real good tour. And the show didn't turn out that, that specific show didn't turn out as well as, as the promoter had hoped. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm sorry, that's, that's your fault, bro. Like you didn't promote it enough. That's that's the life of being a promoter. Some shows flop and some shows are the best. Exactly. And every, like every other show on that tour was fantastic. And the others, we had another date in Spain that was fantastic too. So this guy was trying to rip us off. 
So all of us got in one of the sprinters, threw the promoter, physically threw him into the into the sprinter <laughs> and took him to the and said, give us our fucking money. Holy shit. In a foreign country nonetheless. Well, I'm, you're yeah. damn straight. You got your money. A bunch of big, scary, tattooed guys. <laughs> well, I was t- bro, at that time, that was when I was like real small. Ryan from Carnifex, big four. Remember big redhead Ryan? Yeah, we, we really hit it off, me and him. I haven't talked to him since the tour that we did together and i don't know it was like 10 mm-hmm. years ago so he was the he was the major uh driving force in getting our money that specific time oh, wow. in my opinion yeah what, so, what, what did ryan play who's the guitar he played player? guitar yeah when guitar player when oh, okay. animals did uh summer slaughter in 2010 i don't know he and i just like really headed off and we would hang out like every day and just like get into weird mischief and stuff it yeah. was sick yeah, he was always a cool dude but yeah, I don't know. I haven't talked to him. I, I wonder how he's doing. I should like look him up. He's a tattoo artist now, last I heard. And my old band, Suffocate. So, um, one, so um, Jared, the old singer, and Pierre, uh, uh, who was uh, he played? He was in it for a little bit. He did a he did a I think a tour or two with Suffocate. They formed Suffocate 2020. I was gonna ask you about this whole yeah. situation. I got a lot of messages about it. Um, I was kind of in a weird, weird place about it at first. Taylor, my guitar player from that band, was kind of upset about it at first. Um, and they did it without Lars. Now, this is the crazy thing, because Lars has been in the band the longest. He was, oh. you know, and uh, they did it without Lars, and there's a whole big dispute, and you had the Suffocate Facebook and the Suffocate Instagram just butting heads the entire time. A lot of us were like, well, why did they name it Suffocate 2020? Why didn't they just name it a different band? You know what I mean? And I didn't really care because I was already out of it, you know, obviously. And uh, I was like, yeah, whatever, man, do you. I don't care. But then they started posting a couple things like this is the real Suffocate, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, motherfucker, the real Suffocate. You don't mean the Suffocate that toured the world for years and didn't ever get money like we should have? That's not the real Suffocate? You're the real Suffocate? Really? You know, but then they changed it. It's called, uh, it's the new, I forget the name of the new, the new band name now, but like, you know, I, I'm not the guy to split hairs anymore really about stupid shit like that. Yeah. I just, when it happened though, I had a conversation with Taylor about it and we were just like, this is so weird, man. Like why not call it something different? You know, but Ryan plays guitar or Ryan from Carnifex is he plays band, uh, bass for them now. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 the last I've heard. So when we toured with Carnifex, it must have been like a bunch of no, it di- wasn't different yeah, it wasn't people. Oh uh, no, I mean, Fred was still there. Okay, and Sean and Scott. Yeah, I love it. Was, it was it was it was all of them except for Ryan. Okay. Yeah, dude, I fucking love those guys, those Carnifex dudes. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were one of the only times I've ever really danced hard. Cause I wasn't supposed to dance on tour. <laughs> uh, we were in Austria and it was for Carnifex and I played slit wrist savior. And it was one of my favorite songs. And I, I, I hit two of suffocates fans in the face. I felt so bad. I broke one kid's nose and the other kid, I guess his tooth went through his lip that night. Holy shit. And I felt bad about it. And they showed up at the bar after that we were going to hang out at with, uh, with a couple girls we were talking to. And I felt so bad. And when they came in, I was like, either these guys are going to beat me up. <laughs> or I'm just like an asshole the whole night. So they show up and I see them and they're kind of messed up. And I just, I bought them drinks all night because I felt so bad. So we're talking about hardcore dancing, not like dancing. It's not ballroom I wonder, dancing. I no, guess. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was, 
Carnifex. That was one of the last times I ever hardcore danced ever. No, yeah. I, I got. I tried to. I got a funny. Mo- this is a, this is a reverse story of that. Uh, like Animosity went on tour in Europe with Converge, and oh, shit. yeah, they're like one of my favorite bands ever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there was a bar. There was a bar that was like really close to the stage. Like you know how sometimes venues have like a bar that runs along the side. So I was mm-hmm. like, and and the promoter gave me all the drink tickets. <laughs> so I was like, fuck it, I'm just gonna chill at this bar. And watch Converge. So I was like just slamming down all the tickets and like getting drunk. And I was like, fuck yeah. Like halfway through the set, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to fucking hit the pit, dude. And like, so I run over to the pit. As soon as I get down there, just I get a backhand straight to the mouth and just fat lip, dude. And I'm just <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> that was probably the last time I tried to mosh. Yeah, I'm Straight not, up. I mean, I haven't moshed since I was a little younger, but I do crowd surf. When we're on tour with, like, bands that I love, like, when we went on tour with Dillinger or Black Dahlia, I was like, I'm fucking crowd surfing for these bands. During their set? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dillinger. Those are two bands. Yeah. So. I mean, we were, we got to, I don't know how this happened, but we got to tour for, like, two weeks on Dillinger's final tour, and it was just so fucking cool. So the last night, I'm like, I'm stage diving. Are you kidding me? We played a festival with Dillinger in Germany, and uh, it was one of the craziest shows I've ever seen them ever play. Like, the guitar player got up and hung upside down from the rafters, like, 20 feet up while playing guitar. Oh, God. By his up. Uh, uh, um, the singer, I always forget his name. Greg. Nice student, Greg. Ran into the crowd when he was playing like usual, but the microphone cable, it didn't break or come undone at the mic. It, 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 it came undone in the middle of the cable. <laughs> He's the actual cable. So he went and he got a, 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 a drum mic and he started singing through a drum mic. It was the craziest <laughs> thing I'd ever seen. It was, it was, but, Honestly, no. going on tour with Dillinger, I was like, I mean, I, I knew about the like stage thing and everything, but I was like, fuck, these guys have to do that every single night. Like once you do it, you've set the precedent. It's like, we're crazy. So every night we're going to ruin our bodies to. I remember when I met him, I was just astonished with that, how thick and just that guy is a must. He's just one muscle. It's fucking insane. Yeah. And then I remember that he, he had to. He, he, he toned it down because people were, he got tired of people just talking about how buff he was or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't buff. True? I don't he know. He did tone it down. Really? Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you look at, like, old pictures of him, he, he was, like, huge. Like, he he's not a tall guy, though. You no, know? he's, he's like, really short. He's, like, oh, almost my size. I'm 5'2". I think he's probably, like, 5'6 or something. Yeah, he's like my brother, kind of. Yeah, short and stocky. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so... With of sulfur, are you guys? I think I asked you this in a message, but are you guys like doing the album thing, or are you doing singles? Um, as of right now, we got some singles coming out, um, and then and then we have some other plans after that. Yeah, we haven't really finalized, but um, my 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 thought about that is this is I always like the idea of releasing singles because it keeps people really um, like the engagement with it. I feel it's way better when yeah. you just release singles. You know, if you release an entire album right away, people are going to listen to it, obviously. But if you keep them wanting more by doing singles, I guess it just keeps them more engaged, waiting for that single to keep come, you know, to come or whatever. Totally. So I'm a fan of doing the singles. We're, you know, in this band, I made it very apparent from day one of meeting 
that I don't want anybody in the band to feel like their voice doesn't matter or isn't important or their opinion doesn't matter. You know, obviously I'm the most known person in the band because of, you know, my history with music. But to me, that doesn't mean I have any say over anybody else. I don't, I don't want that. So we're all talking about what we want to do and, and, and stuff, you know? Yeah, for sure. And you guys are on that, uh, blood, blood blast distribution thing. That's like nuclear blasts. Uh, it's digital really what is it like a digital label or something as far as i know that's that it's just a distribution mm-hmm. basically um we're very we're very um what's the word we're very uh leery of signing with a label yeah you know what i mean i have we have a lawyer like i have a lawyer who's also versed in that um who before he would look at if we got any offers from anybody he would look at them you know what i mean um so uh, I think I think um, uh, Blood Blast is also connected with like um, it's called Believe Distribution. I think it's called Believe. Yeah, we were, you know, we were like in the process of finding a label earlier, and our manager was telling us about this. Like Nuclear Blast is actually tied into Believe what you're talking about, which is a huge, like organ, a huge label, right? They have distribution in like every facet of the the world. Yeah, it's insane. Like. Mm-hmm. They have, they, I, there's this rapper guy named Tom McDonald. It's kind of controversial. He's actually on Believe Distribution, and this guy gets 2 million views in eight hours on his videos. Oh, wow. He's like, Damn. insane. But he's on that same company. So, I mean, like, they're, they're pretty big, you know? Well, so, yeah, go ahead. The only people I would ever even consider or want to sign with, to be honest, would be Nuclear Blast. Why do you say that? Because every one of my favorite bands is on Nuclear Blast. Okay, yeah. And ever heard anything bad about Nuclear Blast from all the people I've talked to. Honestly, that's like a thing that we were going back and forth with. It's like when we were looking at labels, we wanted to sign to the label that we thought uh, fit our tastes the most. So, you know, I totally get that. Because we've honestly fallen, I wouldn't say victim, but we've chosen in the past to sign to labels that I don't think really like had any bands that related to us whatsoever or any bands that we would want to tour with at all. So it makes more sense to, to be involved with a label that you, you like the bands, you yeah. want your band to tour with the bands and you feel, you see your yourself going in a similar like direction as the bands on the label that you signed to. Well, yeah. Like what, what I liked about what I like about them is all their bands are they're They're all, I guess you could say, I don't want to generalize it because I don't like doing that, but they're all in the metal genre, obviously, right? Yeah. But so many different styles of it on there. Like, I mean, they have fucking Cradle of Filth, right? Then they have, like, they have Thy Art is Murder. Mm-hmm. They have fucking Gimu Borgia, which is my favorite band of all time. Um, that's the best band to ever do Dude, symphonic. Dude, have you ever. seen that, uh, what's it called, Something of the Northern Night, the the live DVD that they did? With the orchestra no. live? With the, oh, man. You, you got to watch it. You got to get on YouTube and yeah. watch this shit because I'll watch it. Forces of the Northern Night is what it's called. I watch it all okay. the time. They got a, a a female vocalist to do a lot of the backups, and it was it's just like it's mind-blowing. There's a full-blown symphony, full-blown orchestra. It's crazy, man. It's You would love it. 
but I think that band is one of the best bands of all time for that kind of stuff. I totally honestly. agree. Totally agree. Yeah, I love Puritanical is one of my favorite albums of all oh, time. Man, like, yeah, on I actually found them on tour. My my old bass player had one of those old school iPods that had the craziest storage ever back then, yeah. and he had a new album at the time, and he would always let me let me use his his uh, iPod for the long drives, and I would just play Demu on repeat, yeah. on repeat, and uh, um, that and. What wasn't it? So you guys, uh, Animosity put out the album. Was it Animal? Was that the name of it? Yeah, yeah. I listened to that album like fifty times uh, in a week once. <laughs> That's a lot of fucking times. Uh, well, yeah, I loved that fucking that album was so good. Yeah, your drumming was fucking. We listened to that and we were just like, "How the fuck is this possible?" <laughs> That's awesome. But, um, how does he do this? This doesn't even make sense to me in my mind. You know, like, yeah. How do you do? Well, you know, it didn't like, make sense to anybody. So, <laughs> uh, there's just so many like because you you're a jazz you were like trained in jazz drumming, correct? Not really, well. dude. Honestly, no. I'm straight up like a metal guy. I mean, I've listened to metal since I was real young, and then yeah, oh. I, I, I did play in jazz band in high school, but that was like I had already been a drummer, and I was already like way into like Nile and all that shit. So, I mean, Bro, there there were so many rumors going around about you that like. You were this classically trained jazz drummer as well, and your dad was like this <laughs> jazz drummer. And I th- I other- had heard that Naveen was European before we started dating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, because his name is Naveen Copperweiss, it sounds hella like European to people, I guess. Because you you did the first Animals as Leaders stuff, correct? Uh, not really. I came into the band after uh, they had Misha. To- yeah, Tosin and did the album with Misha. It was already an album, and then like. It actually was out for like a year or two before he put a band together, and then. But then, but then you did Weightless, like. Yeah, I did the second album with them. Because he showed me, so we were on tour with Born of Osiris, and he was filling in for them. Oh yeah. This was also Jason Richardson's first tour ever at sixteen with All Shall Perish. Yeah. No, that, he was such a fucking young kid then, dude. I remember that. And I'm watching Tosin backstage, right? playing this weird guitar that he built himself. You know, yeah. we're just looking at eight strings and he was playing animals as leader stuff or, or the beginnings of it anyway. Right. And, and I remember watching being like, what the hell? I was just amazed at it, at it. And he's like, Oh, it's just this other thing I'm working on, you know, cause we all knew him from a, uh, uh, reflux. reflux. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and I'm just watching him like, how the fuck is he doing this shit? Right. Oh, yeah. And then later on, I, I ended up hearing that you were doing music with him. You were, you know, because I mean, however much longer, you know, whatever. I remember hearing it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. That's how the only way you would play <laughs> with those kind of fucking guitars would be that guy. You know what I mean? Because his drumming. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> well, actually, at that time, he already had the album. It was already done. So oh, yeah, he, he was withholding. He could have showed you guys the album. I remember hearing the album and then it, I saw on Lamb Goat a while later that the drummer from Animosity was joining Animals as Leaders. I still remember reading that. And I was stoked because I loved Naveen's solo project called Flesh Rot that he did with Johnny Davey. I was like a huge fucking fan of that. The thing, is their music up? Yeah, you should check it out. Yeah, it's, yeah. I love voice. Yeah, wow, it's, a full, okay. it's a full album and... I'll you send know, you the link to it. Yeah, now now Naveen is the person writing. Like, Naveen has written a lot of music in, Enthe- in Entheos before, but now for our next album, he's the guy writing everything. So our, our music sounds a lot closer to what Flesh Rot was because that's, sol- that's Naveen's solo project. You know, it's 
I can't wait to check it out. Fuck oh, yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I've always been a drumming, so to know that you're um, with with uh, Ethios, you're going to write all the other stuff. That's going to be sick because you Thanks. can play like everything, huh? <laughs> sort of. Yeah, I'm, I make do. I make do. Yeah, he can. I get it working. That's awesome. Sorry, I didn't want to put the. No, dude, that's cool. I'm I'm happy to hear it, man. Anytime, uh, anytime anybody likes it. Yeah, but the Flesh Ride album came out in 2010, so it's pretty old at this point. Sick. It's fucking sick. sick. You're gonna like it, man. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I mean, if you like technical death metal, then you'll be. Yeah, you're gonna love it. If you like groovy technical, yeah, (laughs) seems seems up your alley. But so you grew up in Fullerton. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I was in <laughs> before suffocate in Fullerton. I was probably in almost every, <laughs> at some point in time. I was in every, almost every local band. <laughs> okay. So did you go to shows at the showcase? Yeah. I went to punk before I got into metal. I went to punk shows at the showcase too, as well. Okay. Damn. Yeah. You know, I saw, I saw addicts there. I saw this band cell block five there. I saw death by stereo there. Uh, Fuck, I think I saw Exploited there. I saw all these crazy bands there. Okay. Did you see Animosity there, by chance? Uh, probably not. I don't, I don't think know. so. I don't think I ever saw you guys. Okay. Yeah, we used to play there, like, a good amount. It's- or maybe I did. I don't know. I might not remember. Yeah, Shit. you might have been there. I mean, we played there, like, our first out-of-town, like, Southern California show was there with uh, BT Bamp. No fucking way. Yeah, and it was their first time coming to, like, the West Coast. And it was like right before Silent Circus came out. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I was 16. Like only me and the singer's brother had a driver's license. So we like, (laughs) we took my car and Leo's mom's car and we all fucking drove down there and played. We were like, dude, we got this sick show. You know, obviously with BT Bam, they're like the sickest, but. Okay, bro. I bought, uh, I forget what BT Bam album it was now, but I bought their album and I also bought the Into the Moat album. You remember Into the Moat? Dude, fuck yeah. Our guitar player who was in Entheos, it, he was in Into, Into the Moat. Yeah, Travis. Well, he, he, he did a couple tours. He did a couple of tours and I think he was going to join, but he ended, he was in Scale the Summit as well and that band kind of picked up, so he stopped touring with them. But a couple of those Into the Moat guys have come out to our shows and shit. Yeah, they, yeah, that album was sick as fuck to start with, like, the fucking machine guns and shit. Yeah, yeah. I show a lot of my friends didn't like it because it was so, like, you know, but I was, I, I always thought they, them and BT Band went hand in hand. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think Into the Moat was a little ahead of their time. Like, if they would have stayed around longer, I think they would be a huge band today. I agree fully. Like, the guy's voice was sick. The, the, the band, they had, like, technical, like, the technicality. They had, like, weird off-time, uh, off-time stuff, too. Yeah. You know, like... They were great. Yeah, Animosity's first full U.S. tour was with Into the Moat. Damn. Yeah, yeah. With, with who else? Uh, Psyopus and Animosity. Oh, dude, Psyopus. I fucking uh, loved that band. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, but in I, Fuller, I was in a lot of uh, a lot of local like hardcore bands before I was in metal bands. Oh yeah. But I was always more of a fan, I guess you could say, of death metal over hardcore. I liked hardcore, but I was always more impressed with the death metal vocals. Same. Yeah. There was just more of a hardcore scene. So it's like, that's what I always, you know, there wasn't really a local like death metal scene. Like death metal was like way smaller than it is now. Like oh, when yeah. I was, oh, yeah. you yeah. know, like when we were fucking teenagers and shit, like there was a hardcore scene, but death metal, it's like there, that's just not a, not a thing. No, dude. Like, I remember every death metal show I would go to, there were like 10 people at them. I remember yeah. the first time I saw Origin, there were probably, 
12 of us at the show. I bet it was awesome, though. Dude, it was. I mean, it blew my fucking mind, totally. I, I bought an Origin pipe after that show, too, that I lost eventually. But it, Freight Train was on vocals, and it was just like the most assaulting fucking... He's like a huge dude, and it was just crazy. It blew my fucking mind, man. I can't... I remember uh, one of the shows I got to go to... <laughs> uh, you know the band Dark Funeral? Oh, yeah. Okay, so at the time, my buddy, my buddy Crawley, uh, he he was in a band with uh, the singer who he was he sang for uh, as blood runs as blood runs black for a while. This guy that went by Sonic, dude, he was, in, he was in Fallen Figure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So Crawley was in a band with Sonic before all of this. It was a band called Lust, mm-hmm. right? a local band. They wore makeup and did everything. It was fucking funny as shit, right? But um, yeah. But um, Crawley worked at Guitar Center at the time, and the Dark Funeral guys came into Guitar Center, and Crawley hooked them up like crazy. So we got back, we got tickets, and they let us come backstage. That's oh, sick. Before stuff, this was fucking 2006, maybe or something, right? 2005, 2006, and uh, we're hanging out backstage with these guys, and I shit you not, they sounded like Death Clock the way they talked. <laughs> Full on, right? So the one guitar player is this shorter dude, and they all—they're all course painted up or whatever. And he just had this scowl on him. It's like he didn't know how to look any other way, but then just a, like a scowl. <laughs> and then the other guitar player is talking to him, and they sound like fucking Squeezegar, bro. He was like, "Yeah, I almost bought you the Bibles today." And the other guy's like, like the pissed off short dude who wrote everything was like, "Boy, so I could burn it." <laughs> and like. It was it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen at that moment. And then come to find out their favorite movies are Disney movies because of how evil the bad people are. Yeah. That uh, okay. makes sense. That yeah. makes sense. That was one of the pivotal moments of me wanting to be in a metal band. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking bad. That's what did it all. That's when the ears started growing and you're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I saw bleeding through in a tray. You and this band starts at tomorrow one time at house of blues in Anaheim next to Disneyland. And I saw a guy get rushed out of the pit during bleeding through set. And I never, his, his nose was literally split down the middle, flayed open basically. Holy shit. Wow. I didn't know it could happen. I, I never, I, I never saw anything like that. And I haven't since, but I remember seeing him get rushed out of the pit with his nose split open in the oh middle. Oh God. You know, what's crazy yeah. is that back in our day, bleeding through was fucking gigantic. And I thought that that band was going to be on top of everything yeah. for like their entire career. We did two tours with them, three tours with them. Oh yeah, it was fucking. Yeah, it was awesome. We did we did one of their quote last tours, <laughs> and then they did another last tour. Yeah. I wonder if I saw <laughs> you guys on that tour. Probably. Brandon is like one of the coolest people ever. Uh, uh, Marta, she was one of the. F- I had. <laughs> I ain't even gonna lie. I had the biggest crush on Marta for like a decade. <laughs> Who didn't? Yeah. <laughs> it's like. And we toured with them, and she was the nicest person ever. Yeah. so cool. Isn't that always nice when you go on tour with people and they're just really nice? They're not assholes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a cool There's thing. so many bands I can't even listen to anymore because I've met people from the bands and they just killed it for me and I can't I can't bring myself to listen to them. Really? Yeah, I have a couple like Want to name a name? Yeah, sure. I uh, <laughs> I did the memorial show for Mitch. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. You Were you one of the vocalists who did the show? Yeah. Oh, wow. I somehow was chosen to be one of the vocalists which just floored me i had no idea like that i I didn't even feel like at the level of these people it was insane i mean you have fucking rob flynn and chad gray from fucking mudvayne and and matt lara from sepultura's played guitar and like it was insane they asked me to be one of the one of the singers 
and I'm backstage. And at this time, and I always tell people this and it's funny. And this is the first time I've ever talked about it. Like on a, on anything like this, I've never done a podcast before. Uh, yeah. I met Randy Blythe from Lamb of God. Oh God. Don't, oh no. I love Randy Blythe too. I don't know <laughs> if he was having a bad day or what, but he, the Lamb of God was one of my favorite bands for years. Same. Year, like, like years. And we're backstage and he probably doesn't even remember this. We're backstage and I was talking to Tim Lambesis uh, a lot. And he was, he's been the nicest person I've ever met, ever met in music ever. He yeah. was so cool and nice and just talked to me the whole time. And uh, I knew a couple other people there, obviously. And I go over and I see Randy Blythe sitting down. Now, I'm, I'm, I think this was after he got re- released from that, the Ukraine thing that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So he might've just still been in a whatever, but I go over to him and he's sitting down and he's on his phone and I say, Hey man, you know, uh, I wish this was under better circumstances, but I, I'm a huge fan. I've been a fan of yours for years. Um, I love everything you guys have done. And I just wanted to say, thanks for making amazing music and, you know, keep crushing it. And he kind of, he, he's on his phone and, and I still get upset when I talk about it. Cause they're so like heartbreaking to me. Yeah. And he, and he looks up at me and my buddy was with me, my buddy James, right? He looks up at me and he kind of looks me up and down a little and says, cool. And goes back on his phone. Wow. Oh. So I gave him, put my finger up and I say, fuck you. And I walk away. And that was the last time I'd ever, that day I listened to Lamb of God and I haven't listened to him since. And it's been almost 10 years. Holy yeah, that's shit. That's a bummer. See, we were at I, Nam one year and Randy Blythe was sitting like 10 feet away from us eating food. And dude, I'm the same. Like, Randy Blythe was really one of my introductions into the style of vocal that I do now. Yeah, he's amazing. He he was the yeah. first like full ranged vocalist that my ears were exposed to, and yeah. I I've regretted for years not going up to him and telling him how much he meant to me at that. But I'm just I'm really shy. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's better that you didn't. Do so it. maybe it's better that I didn't. <laughs> I, I you know I'm not, I'm like the last person to talk shit. I get you know what I mean. It's just that personal, that experience just, just completely killed that band for me. And that was a band that was one of my mainstay bands. I loved that. And I've heard other stories of him being cool and stuff, but it's like, you know, that particular, uh, you know, meeting with him just, just, just broke my heart. So it's like, you know, I haven't tried to ever go meet him again. Like I said, he probably doesn't even, he probably didn't even know who the fuck I am, but you know, at that point when we were on the same thing together i kind of felt i guess i felt like maybe i was at his level yeah you know but but you know to me everybody's at at the same level like i never i like talking to everybody no matter what that's exactly how i look at it like there is no one on this earth who is above or below me it's like we're all just people we're all just people who are navigating our way through a weird world you know like i i do this thing on instagram where i i try my hardest to literally comment back everybody Mm -hmm. and i'll do it for hours like yeah. just, just doing it because like, you know, the, the positive experiences I have had where people in these bands that I love have talked to me, it just made my day, you know, Same. like, like, so I, I want to be that person. And it's weird that after a decade, people still care. Yeah. yeah that's it. Range. It's, you, it, it tri- yeah. You're so, su- are you surprised by that response? So when we, yeah, when we, when we got together to do this, I said, you know what, man, like guys, we might get some attention guys. I honestly don't know. You know, there was a, there was a few years where people would just write me all the time to come back to music, but I just made it so obvious that I didn't want to. So I didn't think anybody would really care anymore. And the guys in the band were like, dude, you're going to, there's people are going to be pretty stoked. And I thought it would be a small select few. Cause I never thought suffocate had as much reach as I guess, it, as I'm finding out now that it did. Mm-hmm. Right. I never thought this. And then I think 
in under a month, one song that the one song we've had up, we're we're over a hundred thousand streams across all of them that's right awesome. now for one song. Yeah, it's like just one, the one. It's just the one song that's up right now, right? It's nuts, and like our engagement on Instagram, normal engagement on Instagram, you're lucky if you get ten to I think it's five to five to ten percent engagement with yeah. your following. Yeah, the algorithm. We were getting thirty-five and up percent engagement. Yeah, that's really good. On all of our posts, and and I, I never in a million years thought people would care this much, and it's it's insane. It floors me every day. Like, you know, I'll look to see how many streams we've got or plays, or how many now monthly listeners on the Spotify, and it 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 it, it completely baffles me. Like, it's insane that people still care. So when people talk to me about it, I'm like so thankful that I cannot understand how people can't be like that. Right. You know, you've also had the the contrast though. You've you've been out of playing music for a long time and I feel like there are a lot of people who have played music since they were so young and have kind of had their ass kissed since they were so young that it becomes just like uh the typical expected thing to some <clears throat> extent. Yeah. I, or maybe they're just I, I don't know, it's hard for me to like uh put myself on the same in the same thought process as someone who would like be a little standoffish to a fan because dude, mm -hmm. it's like we scream. That's like really silly when you, when you sit back and think about it, yeah. it's super silly. So if anyone is like a fan of me because of this, this thing that I did, you know, it's like, how could I, how could I turn my back at something that's so niche and like, yeah. And the thing about it is, is, is the people who are fans of this style of music are so diehard. It's true. They're so diehard. Like I've met people that have literally had my lyrics tattooed on them and it's the craziest thing ever. Right. Yep. I, my album that I did was suffocate. The entire album was about me wanting to kill myself because I was suicidal for the last couple of years. Touring. Oh, wow. Like completely every song on that album is about me wanting to kill myself. And I meet these people who have read the lyrics and they're like, dude, you're, you saved my life. Wow. And it takes my breath away. I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to respond when they say that. Cause I'm like, really? They're like, I'm all those words meant that to you, you know, what that song is about. Right. And they're like, well, yeah, that song and the, that album is the reason why I didn't do what you are singing about in that song. Wow. That's amazing. Man. Yeah. It's really I mean, amazing. If you, you can't ask for more than that. You can't. And you know, having that experience, I don't, I don't understand how someone who is in, who is meeting a fan of whatever they do cannot like just be so grateful that people even care enough to listen to them. I know. I know. So, you say you're suicidal. What do you think helped pull you out of that? I went to a lot of therapy. Yeah. What kind? I went to therapy. Um, well, it, it covered a whole lot of stuff. Like I used to, you know, one of the biggest things I would always talk about in therapy was fantasizing about walking into oncoming traffic. Right. Cause I was, I was gnarly. I just wasn't happy. And, and, you know, and, uh, I had a lot of really gnarly, it's just so weird to say because of the band I was in and, and always being on tour and around people, I had very, very severe, uh, social anxiety. Mm -hmm. I still get it. I go out and do things with my wife and my kids and I'm just like white knuckling the whole time. And mm -hmm. I kind of have like PTSD, um, from getting jumped one time. And like, um, I'm in the car, like wanting to hurry up and get fucking home. And my, my wife's just like, what do you just calm down? Or we're in target. And I think everybody's trying to, you know, you're always on guard. And, um, you know, I think having my son helped a lot for when I was really gnarly and then like the therapy helped a lot and we would do all these different exercises like cognitive behavioral therapy. You, you number things from the scariest to you to the least scary and you have to work your way up that list. 
which is very hard to do. That helped. Um, you know, I think getting away from the touring lifestyle helped as well. Yeah. You know, cause when you're, when you're out on tour and you don't really have, you don't really have that direct connection to people back home. Like you, like if you're, especially if you're in Europe oh, yeah. and we did a lot of, you know, and you don't have that way of contacting them right then and there if you need it. You put that together with being in a toxic band because unfortunately our band became toxic. You know, it's just, it's like a recipe for success. You feel alone all the time. It's so weird because you have all these people who are just in love with your music and supporting you and wanting to meet you, but you still feel alone. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I've felt that for sure. So before. But I wrote that record and put it out and then I would play those songs every night or the, I'm a, one of the ones of them that we did play every night. And I would just like go back and be like, I don't know. I just didn't get any sense of fulfillment or enjoyment from it anymore. You know? So I hear you. I hear you. started all dark and shit. No, that's good. No, I, I think it's word. important yeah. to talk about that stuff, man, because that's the type of stuff that everyone goes through. And sometimes I think that, when people look up to other people, they don't think that those people have it as hard as they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and they think that, you know, you're like Superman and you've never been depressed and you've never been suicidal and you don't have any problems. But the reality is that no matter what band you're in or what you do in the world, you're a human first and foremost. Mm-hmm. And we all go through a lot of crazy shit. So I think it's important to talk about. Oh, yeah. You know, it's, I had to tell the guys in my band that I didn't want to write that subject matter anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and it's not like I had any issue with it or whatever, but like I told them, I was just like, I can't revisit that kind of stuff anymore. I just, I don't want to get back into that headspace. And I was like, well, the things I enjoy writing about, I'm very, very passionately against religion. I, I, I have been for fucking since I could remember, I grew up going, I didn't grow up going to church, but I, I went to church quite a bit and, and saw the hypocrisy of it firsthand and, and had some gnarly experiences with, with and shit. Mm. And I told the guys, I was like, I'm going to write shit like I did when I wrote not the fallen or, or holiness is next to filthiness. I'm, I'm going to write anti-religious shit. And they're all about it. They're like, yeah, we could totally do that. I said, we're going to get hate because of it, but you know, you get hate because of everything you do. So yeah, no matter what, well, have, do you feel like you've gotten hate because of it? Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Already? Oh. People are, I mean, you're a metal oh. man. I mean. <laughs> I know you're metal. It's like, what the fuck are you going to, you know, it's like, yeah, I I never, you know, it's funny. I actually, I I actually enjoy the hate. I I think it's kind of funny. I kind of get out of it. Um, I did a reaction video with my buddy, Doug, who's in the video. He plays the priest where we're, where we read comments on one of my interview videos and like the fucking, I I don't know why, but I, I have a ball with the fucking funny, stupid shit people say. Yeah. You know, it, 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 it just, uh, it gives me, you know, I get a kick out of it, but unfortunately I don't look the way I did anymore. So I don't get a lot of the same kind of funny hate. I just get stupid hate. Oh, okay. What kind of hate did you get back in the day? Oh, they would call me Dumbo ears or say that I like to put dicks in my ears or, or it was mostly about like metal sucks did has done now. I think now, I think now metal sucks has done four or five interviews specifically or uh, articles specifically on me and my ears. Really? <laughs> It's <laughs> what could they say? What they did? They did it. They did one when I was in the band. They did one when I left the band. They did one when I got my ears sewn up. They did one. Uh, I think they did one about me becoming a barber. They did one about this band and everything. He go, everything, whoever is writing, it goes back to is my ears. Well, I mean, Hey, it's free for publicity. Pl- pl- I know publicity. that's really good pl- publicity as well. I, maybe I should stretch well, my ears. <laughs> 
so fucking hilarious. It's so funny, you know, but, uh, like there was a whole bunch of like, like, I can't even think of the comments now that they're saying. So I'll look at the, I'll look at the comments on behind the hand of God and none of them are really funny shit talking. They're just kind of dumb. Like one dude was like, everybody seems to hate the singing parts, not the screaming. They hate the singing or they like the singing. There's no in between really. One dude was like, one dude was like, what the hell? There's, there's singing. This isn't, uh, what do you say? So this isn't cattle decapitation. And I was like, well, yeah, we're of sulfur. We're not cattle decapitation. Why you're, would you? You're singing the singing part that you have in your song doesn't sound anything like cattle decapitation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I don't, I don't get it. So I, I, I was like, wait a minute, that's kind of dumb. Or then someone put like, someone was like, <laughs> someone was like, oh, this is just generic deathcore. I miss suffocate. I'm like, have you heard suffocate? I know. <laughs> It's true. We heard suffocate today, and it's like you know. Have you heard? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's like wrong with being generic. Like honestly, I don't know why people hate on generic. If yeah. you're generic, people obviously like you. You know what I mean? People do so, like generic shit. It's true. Yeah, so, I like so generic. Wrote, shit. I do generic suffocate. I'm like, what? <laughs> like that was the most generic hardcore band, deathcore band there was. Give me yeah. a break. Oh. So. You know, I was just hoping for funny shit, I guess, but nobody's really, or people will compare us trying to talk shit, comparing it to Thy Artist Murder. And I'm like, that is the one of the biggest compliments you could ever give me. Dude, Thy Artist Murder is sick as fuck. So please. I love Murder. They're one of my favorite bands of all time. And I met, I met CJ at a show and he was the coolest dude ever. Yeah. Oh, yeah really have, cool. have you ever seen Game of Thrones? Were you a fan of Game of Thrones? My wife got me into Game of Thrones and I watched, we binge watched the entire entire series uh i think in like four months okay so in 2010 i think it was uh the artist murder was about to go on summer slaughter with animals so they were over at our house because when naveen is was in animals uh they all lived together so we all lived together and the oh, okay. murder was hanging out oh back. are you gonna spoil it again yeah, I'm going to spoil Don't it spoil again. it again. Just say that you spoiled something. I really spoiled, and I'm going to say exactly on, what I spoiled. You have seen the whole You've season. seen the whole... Okay. Yes. Okay, so hold on. So, Spoiler alert. If you, lo- if you lo- are just finding out about Game of Thrones... <laughs> then don't... Well, then turn this off turn right it off. now. But Naveen's mom was reading the Game of Thrones series, so I knew that Joffrey was going to die in the show. So I broke it to everyone one night while we were all drinking. I was like, guess what everyone? Joffrey dies. No, you just accidentally said it. Oh, I accidentally, I can't remember. It's yeah, my years mom ago. like was way into game of Thrones. So she's like, cool, I'm going to read the books. And so the books were ahead of the shows. <laughs> right. And it was before I'd ever seen the show. And so I didn't was really like, know. what? They were pissed at me. <laughs> That's the only time I've ever met those guys. Rightly so. That's a pretty gnarly spoiler. Yeah. I know, man. Yeah. So, but that, dude, that band is so fucking sick. They're really good. Yeah. Yeah. My buddy. So at the time when I met him, or excuse me, when I, when I met the Irish murder guys, um, my buddy Roman was filling in for them. Roman was in the red shore. He was then later in Forest the blade for a little while. So, and then my buddy Tim, who was in uh, the world we knew plays guitar for fit for an autopsy. Oh, um, they were playing together, but at this time, this, this was when Nate Johnson was still doing vocals. Mm-hmm. And like I was, Nate Johnson's another wait, one. Wait, like when Nate I, was in, okay. Fit Nate was in fit for an autopsy. Was he also in like through the eyes of the dead or something? What band was he in back in the day? He was in, he's been in since the flood through the eyes of the dead premonition of war, premonitions of war. I think it's premonitions of war and also fit for an autopsy. Okay. Okay. And you guys fucking, you know, 
And uh, they were playing together, and I was a big fan of Nate's. Plus, my buddy Tim was in there, so I wanted to go hang out with them. And they were playing at the Whiskey, right, which wasn't far from where I lived, obviously. And uh, I met, and I, this was the first time I had ever, the first time I ever heard uh, um, or saw uh, The Artist Murder live. Like, I never heard their live recording, like anything, right, or watch videos on them. I would just listen to the CDs. And I see them live, and CJ is just this fucking monster on stage. And he puts the microphone inside of his mouth. He's like, you know, with the mic in his mouth. And I go up to him after the show, and I'm like, bro, holy fucking shit, you were, you were a beast, bro. You were insane, right? And he's all, you're a beast. You were insane. And, and he's like, and I'm all, we're going to get along great. This is crazy. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nuts. The bands you look up to or, or the singers or the musicians you look up to that are, it turns out they're fans of yours. I know. Yeah. Doesn't that trip you out? That's always a good totally. icebreaker. I'm like, all right. Phew. I don't yeah, have to. Thank like, God. This guy won't <laughs> think I'm too annoying now when I totally <laughs> fanboy the fuck out of him. Oh man. Like, like. As I'm finding out now, there's all these newer, I say newer bands because I'm an older guy. There's all these newer bands that I'm really into, like Carcosa, Left to Suffer, uh, Shadow of Intent, Lona oh, dude, Shore. Left to Suffer, that's the guy with the two colors of hair, right? Dude, that guy's a fucking Tape, beast. I watch him on Tape, TikTok. I did, a, I did a duet with Taylor. I reacted to his vocals on TikTok, and that video alone, because of how gnarly his vocals are, is, at, is almost at 200,000 views. Whoa. 6,000 followers on that stupid app. And that video, how good he is, is fucking... I keep telling him, dude, you're going to be the next biggest thing ever. Yeah, that guy's sick. And he can sing, too. He's a beautiful singing voice. Oh, that's awesome. Like, but so I, I, I've been, you know, all these bands that I've been getting into, like I said, Lorna Shore, Shadow and Tank, Carcosa, uh, fucking Left to Supper. Um, I think I might be forgetting a few right now because I'm talking, but... I've, I've tagged all these bands because people ask me who I listen to and people in these bands write back to me saying that they are fans of mine or, or listen to me. And it's the craziest thing ever to me because like these bands are on such a different level now than, than, than I consider my band was back in the day. And to find out that these musicians are fans of what you did, it, it it's, it's fucking crazy, man. Like, you know, like, like I love you guys, this stuff. And you told me you've, fucking were a fan of mine and i'm like what the fuck yeah what? dude i like when i was a kid suffocate was like blowing up you know that was my shit i thought you guys were awesome and like i said i promoted a show and i've i literally have thought about that show like probably once a month since i was 19 <laughs> so now you get to apologize just because for yeah it. i've been waiting for this i've been waiting to tell you about that because we're kind of like instagram homies at this point and i've been waiting to tell you until this that yeah i've i've felt bad about promoting that show since i was a kid you know i put food in my belly so there's nothing to be sorry about it's all good <laughs> but you know voting it actually yeah and, man i really i remember really badly wanting that show to happen because i loved you guys so much and i loved the breathing process back when they were a band they were fucking awesome and oceano you know bro, the breathing process think about this okay Look how music is now. Look at all these sounds that people are using in their songs, the song structures, the vocals. Mm -hmm. People don't know about the breathing process. And I'm like, yo, check out the breathing process. They were like 10 years before their time. Yeah, they really were. They really were. And Alan drums in the faceless now. Or I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Alan drums in the Black Dahlia Murder. The Black Dahlia Murder, oh, okay. yeah. That was his old band. Yeah, and I remember, um, I think the keyboard player's name was like Alana or something. And yep. she ended up being an, she was in Abigail for a while. Like Williams, who was also sick. Yeah. And then 
Winds of Plague. Oh, she was in Winds of Plague. Yeah, okay. yeah. We went on uh, we went on Winds of Plague's ten year, ten years of decimation tour a few years ago, and Adrian is playing keyboards for them now. So I didn't know oh. like what happened in between, but that was cool, man. I mean, that was another. I loved Winds of Plague when I was a kid, especially that Decimate the Week. You know, that was the album. Johnny's also one of the most humble, hands down, nicest people I've ever met. Dude, he's so incredibly nice. He was a guy who, when I met him, I was like, "Fuck yes!" I'm so glad this guy is this nice. You know, yeah. He's just like a normal oh, yeah. dad dude who loves Halloween a lot. He's and he's he like the guy is so successful. Like he he designs rides for theme parks. Yeah, I know. I uh, God, what's what's the other guy who? There was a guy doing merch for them who did the theme park thing with Johnny. I can't remember his name for the life of me. It wasn't like Ori or something. I'm not, I'm not I, sure. I can't remember, yeah. but they were just kind of telling me about like all the stuff they do for theme parks. And it's crazy, man. It's so cool. So cool. I think okay. he did one. There's one that he did involving like, it, I went on it. It's like Captain, or no, it's something, it's some kind of sea voyage thing, if I remember correctly. I went on it and it was fucking awesome. Wow. And and then I found out he just designed it. I thought that was so fucking cool. Was it Hall- was it Halloween based or Halloween time? The particular one was at was was I think at California. No, no, no. Was it not? It's just like an undersea water kind of ride thing that I think he did. Wow. I don't think this one was I don't think this one's Halloween based if I remember correctly. Wow, that's super cool, man. You should do a yeah, metal been- one. Yeah, a metal one. That would be sick. I, I think I heard that they're doing music, that they're still doing music. When's it like? Yeah, they kind of are. I think, I mean, we toured with them. I think it's been two years at this point. But oh, that's ass. It was awesome. I mean, to me, I was just like living my 18 year old fantasy out, like singing along to Decimate the Week every night. You know, it's <laughs> fucking sick. And people were going crazy. I was surprised. They were like, still. it was a West Coast run and they were still a draw on the West Coast. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah love that band they love that band like yeah. you know well i think his favorite band is demo as well yeah. oh yeah the show in yeah. fullerton was way sick is that where we play, we play yeah, glass house is in fullerton right pomona oh pomona yeah, oh, pomona, yeah. that close was enough. fucking yeah. crazy so, somewhat close huh? it was packed the yeah. fuck out glass house is sick yeah glass sick. house rad man like i saw i think it was glass house i saw i saw chelsea grin parkway drive and huh, Attila was on that show too. I, oh no, maybe they weren't. I forget. But I saw them live, and it was like the coolest show ever. Parkway fucking killed it as usual. Like, Parkway's I, like a huge band, right? Parkway Drive. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that much about that. <laughs> I'm not that in tune with the metalcore scene. I have no idea. Are you serious? I, yeah, I'm dead serious. I don't know. Thank you. Uh, this is a few years back, right? Paramore played uh, played in Australia, I think in Sydney. I think it was Sydney, right? Okay. Big, big, huge, huge thing. Mm-hmm. Parkway Drive played, or no, no, I'm sorry. I forget who was first, but it's either it's either Parkway Drive played first or Paramore played first, but Paramore only had 500 more people than Parkway Drive. Wow. They had a reality show in Australia. They had a reality show? Apparently, yeah. Whoa, dude. Damn, that's crazy. They're that's huge. So I, know I, I don't think I've ever heard them. I'm going to blow your mind. I don't think I've ever heard yeah, them. Yeah, I don't think I've actually Straight ever up. heard them either. Yeah. Really? Horizons yeah. is their best album. <laughs> Horizons? I'll have to check it out. I wonder if I'll like it. 
it's total metalcore, but it's so, I mean, well, Adam D from Killswitch produced and engineered two of their records. Okay. Okay. I'm a fan of Killswitch. Alive or Just Breathing is like, you know, my shit. I, I kind of fell off of, fell out of Killswitch after that. There was not one album with Howard that was sick, but I don't, I don't know. I haven't kept up with them. There was a song on End of Heartache that they got nominated for a Grammy for. Was it? They didn't, but. Uh, they didn't win it. Well, today, no. today are the Grammys. I think Body Count just won the metal performance Grammy. I saw that. Holy shit. <laughs> In a Cr- bad way? <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, no, not, okay. at all. not at all. That's just, it's just crazy to me that these bands are winning Grammys playing this kind of stuff. I mean, um, Power Trip was nominated too, I think, right? Yeah, they were, and so was Code Orange. Damn. I was just kind of but- hoping it would go to Power Trip. I got to be honest. I was like. You know, I think I, I think a lot of people were kind of hoping that as well. Yeah. You know? So, Power Ship, another sick band. Yeah, they're sick. fortunate. You know, but uh, but yeah, it's just nuts to me that bands that are this genre or whatever part of this kind of genre are getting Grammys. I know. Yeah, heavy music is pretty. It's pretty big. Yeah, I would say that like compared to when we were all kids and you know everyone was playing like VFWs and shit back then. Metal, oh. metal was was underground it was thriving but now it's like metal bands headline house of blues and stuff it's not like a genre to be fucked with anymore it's It's insane and what i'm finding is everybody in this genre now specifically that that i've met in the deathcore side of it everybody's like friends with everybody and they're so cool now and they're so nice yeah yeah we're competing you know what i mean no one was friends back then um, you would have, I wouldn't necessarily say friends. People were acquaintances. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and you pe- never really people were just like more dickheads a lot of the time. Not like ever, not the bands so much, but you'd encounter more like jerks here and there. Really? Whereas I feel like now when we go on tour, I'm like down for, you know, everyone's pretty damn cool. You would go on tour and you would be like, you could almost feel like this other person thought you were beneath them a lot of the times because they were, they, they did the same thing you did in their band. They were a singer or a drummer, or it was always like people were in this gnarly competition to be the heavier band or the, or the more technical band. And a lot of people were dicks about it too. Yeah. Do you remember oh, someone yeah. who was a dick to you? Mm, let me see. Uh, <laughs> I always ask the riveting yeah, questions. Wow, really. I'm trying to think of one who was specifically a dick to me, you know. Um, that one guitar uh, player from Nile is a dick. Carl, whatever his name is. Oh, uh, Carl. Sanders. That's the band I can't listen to Carl anymore. Uh, after we, like, I did a one tour with the Faceless. I was like, gonna maybe be in that band, and then we did a tour with Nile. And after that, I'm like, yeah, I'm never listening. I'm trying to think. I wouldn't necessarily say Keen was never a dick. He was just always very short. Mm. Whenever I tried to. Him, he was always very like it was almost like he didn't really care Keen's very, <laughs> like, Keen's very shy as well that's what I've heard I mean yeah. there was Derek Derek was singing for them Derek was one of my favorite singers as well mine too I'm, Derek gave me a compliment one time that sent me over the moon and I guess the drummer from Misery Index came out to hang out one time when we played in Frisco I guess it was Frisco and I guess um, the drummer from Misery Index told him that he thought I was a great singer Oh, and Derek cool. told me that and said he agreed. And that was like, I was on a high for like a week because of that. <laughs> yeah, those and then, are- you know who actually, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> let me th- uh, uh, fucking, um, we toured with the Ghost Inside in Europe. Okay, yeah. I love the Ghost Inside. Vigil and I went and got tattooed together. 
love that fucking band. All my buddies, all my boys. It was the Ghost Inside, For the Fallen Dreams. Oh yeah. Lower than Atlantis, and oh my god, they're one of the best bands ever. They're not metal or anything though. They're like a they were hard post hardcore, and then they went to like singing poppy shit. Oh cool. But they did so well that it was fantastic. They were like one of the biggest bands, you know. But um, but basically. Aaron, the old guitar player for for uh, the Ghost Inside, big tall redhead guy. You remember him by any chance? No, I know Zach Johnson because he's from Des Moines. I know, you know, I know, but no, I don't remember that guy. Zach and his wife actually live here. Oh, really? My wife, my wife is like really good friends with his wife and and stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, but, Zach. Um, you know, Zach and I are from the same place, the same scene. Zach's fucking awesome. I love Zach. I, I actually was talking to him on the other day saying we need a barbecue. Oh, wow. <laughs> but Aaron was a fucking asshole <laughs> fucking asshole i i hated that fucking dude i think they even hated him but uh we were on tour with them and and you know we did really well on that tour we had a lot of draw it was crazy i didn't expect it right and uh he was like him and andrew who you know the drummer now yeah. but andrew was in first long dreams at the time him and andrew would be talking but they would almost be having these open conversations for other people to talk to right so i would talk to them you know and uh and uh, Aaron always had this way of kind of cutting me out of the conversation, like all the time, just a fucking asshole about it. Yeah. That sucks. Fuck. That really sucks. <laughs> I think if who else would have been, was an asshole to me. Thankfully, hmm. yeah, thankfully a lot of them have been positive yeah. on I mean, the bigger bands. Yeah. Uh, Danny Warsnop gets a lot of hate. I don't know him personally, but he was cool as fuck to me when I met him. But it was really funny, though, because he asked me at the memorial show after if I wanted to go back to the hotel room with him, do some coke and bang some chicks. <laughs> Dude, that's so rock star. How, I respect like, it. I just met him that day and was like, yo, you want to go back to my hotel room? Do some uh, do some blow and bang these two chicks? I'm like, no, man. Thanks, though. Yeah, you're like, I'm good. Well, so about the memorial shows, were you really good friends with Mitch or how did that come about? We weren't super good friends, but we would talk. You know what I mean? He was one of the biggest influences on me as well, mm -hmm. you know. Um, he was into motorcycles. I've been into motorcycles for a very long time and built them with my father. Oh, wow. For birthday, I was supposed to ride out to when he had his birthday at Hollywood Sports Park, uh, which was like he had this big birthday, get a get, you know, big thing for him. And I was supposed to ride out there, and we were supposed to go riding as well, That uh, um, I think a couple days after that. And my bike, unfortunately, like, I couldn't get it to run correct for a while. And he ended up passing away before we were, we were able to go on our ride. Oh, but, you know, I would talk to him pretty, you know, a good amount of times and stuff just, you know, through texts or, or, or whatever. So, you know, we weren't super close, but we were close enough, I guess. Yeah. I mean. Fuck. So the band asked you to, to do one of the songs. I got an email from, uh, I think it was their manager at the time. And I kind of was just like, what the fuck? because they wanted me to do a song and and they they so it's funny because i told them this too i was like damn i, I kind of i'm so excited to do this and stuff but i wish you guys would ask me to do unanswered because <laughs> that's like i love that song but they asked me to do bludgeons so i found so after they asked me to do bludgeon i was like oh fuck yeah that's like one of the heaviest songs ever i'll do that fucking song you know but um it was very weird it was very it took me it kind of uh took me back a little i was just or you know i was just i couldn't believe it i practiced with them at uh i forget whose house it was somebody in the band i forget i forget which one's house it was now i practiced with them and i went into the house from the garage to get a drink and at that time i looked a lot like mitch mm -hmm. 
you know, I had the ears and stuff. My, uh-huh. This was after I took my plugs out, so they shrank a little, but they're still dangly. And I forget whose mom it was that owned the house. She saw me, and she just hugged on to me for, like, 10 minutes. Because oh, of how much I, I reminded Mitch. Wow. And then in and kind of like, you know, okay, mom, okay, mom, and, and stuff. And, uh, and yeah, like, like it was insane. It was a, it was fucking crazy. Like, you know, I, I met his, um, you know, I, I met his wife and we became kind of friends after that a little bit, but I never, i never met his daughter just because I didn't want to, cause I looked a lot like him at that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. I didn't want to do anything like that, you know? Cause I know, I know that when, um, Austin Carlisle was playing and performing with them on stage. She had asked, is that daddy? Oh, wow. fuck. Wow. Yeah. Just because of how he, the mannerisms on stage and the presence were very similar. Wow. That's so crazy. she was really young when he passed away as well. Right. Oh yeah. The cool thing is, is that I'm pretty sure that DVD and CD, I think they raised enough money to send her to call. I think her college fund is paid for. Her. Oh, wow. I think I could be wrong, but I think so. And, um, Funny, that Austin Austin Carlisle is also one of the nicest people I've ever met. What? Ever. What band was he in? Is he in a band? Of mice, of mice and men. He was in my of mice and men. Okay. He was. He kept offering me. He kept offering me his if because he was going out of town on tour and he's like, "Oh, I got this house with this jacuzzi and stuff. If you ever want to bring girls back, blah blah blah. Here, you know, you can you can use it." And I'm like, "I'm good, dude. Thanks, man." <laughs> It was the cool, but he was so cool and so nice. It was fucking ridiculous. We were practicing before the show. It was me and Eddie, who now sings for them from All Shall Parish, and we yeah, were yeah. friends because we toured with All Shall Parish. Oh yeah. And and like I think I went up, and then Eddie went up, like because we were all practicing together. And then Austin was like, "I don't even know why the fuck I'm practicing with you guys. You're doing all these crazy things that I can't do and stuff." And I'm all, "What are you talking about, bro? Your band is bigger than both of ours." <laughs> like. You know, I know it's insane. He was really cool. He was really cool and really nice. So I haven't talked. No. So when you guys did that show, did you know that Eddie was going to become the vocalist of Suicide Silence? I had no idea. They were they were friends. Like they were pretty close before that. You know what I mean? So I had no idea. Now now Dan had told me that they thought, and this this is just what he had told me. You know what I mean? He told me that they thought about asking me, Mm -hmm. but they knew that I had my whole barber thing going on, and plus they didn't want someone who resembled Mitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That kind of makes, makes sense. sense. You know what I mean? So, and like I said, I've been friends with Eddie for years. I haven't talked to him in a long time, obviously, but you know, I, I they got some mixed reviews with him doing it or whatever, but Eddie's always been a ridiculously good singer to me. Like me the guys me are too. Cool. I mean, that last All Shall Perish album, I can't remember the name of it, but I remember Awa- that he was Awaken the... Awaken the Dreamers was the one with the Statue of Liberty on the front of it. I can't remember the front, but I remember that he sang on it, and he was a really, really fucking good singer. Yeah, he. I think they did one after that too. I forget exactly, but yeah, Eddie's always been great. He's. I don't know why people hate on him. Um, I, I see a lot of comments about it. Like, I think he's great. Well, the you thing know? is, it's like, dude, whenever a band especially changes a, a vocalist because that's the most noticeable thing component about the band, I think oh, yeah. you're just gonna face hate. That's yeah. what happens. Well, it's like the same people loved him in All Shall Perish. Right. But but are like saying all this shit about him in Suicide Silence. It's like, dude, you loved him in one band. Why don't you love him in another band? Yeah. I mean, Zach, yeah. Oren, Zach Oren, did you do any albums with Zach Oren? 
No. Okay. Well, uh, I was wondering well, if he, if he did. Yeah, that I was wondering suffocate if Suffocate album. was with Zach Oren, but uh, Zach Oren engineers all of our albums in some way or, or another, and he's a dear friend of ours. And he was just he was telling us like a few weeks ago. He's like, Eddie is one of the best vocalists I've ever met. So I don't know why anyone would would hate on it's, him. It's very weird to me because the guy's range is just unbelievable. I don't get it. Now their music changed a little, so maybe that's why people hate. But the thing about it is, man, is like. The last album, they, or the last thing that they put out, I think is one of the best they've ever done, personally. Oh, like, is that I, the Become the Hunter or something that came out last year? It has like a green cover. I was listening to it at the gym. I was talking, um, I'm, I'm, I'm buddies with Mark, um, and I was talking to him on Instagram and whatever. And uh, um, I told him, I was like, dude, I love this fucking album. This album is amazing, you know? And uh, uh, for some reason, people just. And not everybody. I mean, obviously, they're Suicide Silence. They're going to have a huge following no matter what. They're fucking amazing, right? But I see some some hate comments and shit, and I'm just like, dude, what are you guys even talking about? This album is great. Yeah. Well, people any, people are just dumb. Any, oh, I'm sorry. People are just, like, stupid on the internet, straight up. Well, well they want... It's crazy, because they want... This is what trips me out. They want you to do something different than you've done before. Yeah. Right? But then they get mad that it's not the exact same as what they're asking you to change from. Yeah. Yeah. Like it doesn't make sense. It's like Fight Club when they they tell him to just like complain about anything. You know, like if he's fat, he's too fat. If he's skinny, he's too skinny. You know, yeah. if that's he's like, singing, he's singing too much. If yeah. he's screaming, he's not screaming enough. That's what it's, it is. Yeah, like like uh, um, I love like like the song we just put out. I love the fact that there's that kind of singing on there too. It's actually I enjoy that more than I enjoy my parts. Are you the one singing? No, so um, um, my bass player and my drummer are in another band, a local band here. Um, they've done some touring and stuff too called Allura, okay. right? And my bass player is the singer for that band. Oh. He's got a beautiful voice. So him and my guitar player are both singing together on that track. Oh, that's sick. And like, they, to, we all love it. We think it's fucking amazing. And the amount of, it's, it's cool though because uh, the response to it, more people are stoked on it than aren't. Of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, I don't know why people hate singing in music like this. I think, I think it gives you some diversity. I do too. And I, on our new album, it's the first time that I'm singing on record and I, I'm, I don't give a fuck what anyone says, but I'm interested to see what the reception will be. Of course, you know, it's always, it's just a, it's a slight change. You know, it's just, I'm just adding more to the tool belt. You know, it doesn't. Yeah, am I am I gonna get some early access to that? Maybe. Yeah, you definitely are. I'm always down to send it to everybody. You got to get through. Uh, well, when we actually record real vocals, I'll send you the whole album. <laughs> I would like for you to hear it. You know, I respect you a lot, so I I would love to hear your opinion. Uh, it's on funny because it. it's like it's got the it's the first thing with singing, but it's also by far the heaviest album that we've ever made. Yeah, for sure. So it's kind of it's got everything I on there. I love when people, uh, I don't know why people are so one-sided in music. That's like, that's like one thing I like wanted to say is like, there's no rules to music. None. Yeah, really not. Even metal, believe it or not. No rules to metal. Some of my favorite metal bands fucking sing. All, yeah. uh, and, most of my favorite metal bands sing. Yeah. And, and those same bands that sing are heavier than all these other bands who don't. Right. True. Whitechapel. Yeah. Heavy. <clears throat> That fucking album is one of the heaviest I've heard. You know Naveen played drums on that album? The Valley? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Man, that album's sick. I always got a rep for my boo, you know. 
Yeah, yeah they, they, they asked me to do you it. I, don't know. I, got, I got lucky. It was sick. Oh, you know, you're also very talented. So, I mean, I you see that why That had you. nothing to do with it. No? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that album, I also, Phil is a really good, like, he's got a good singing voice. He should be yeah, using yeah, it. Really and good. I always look at it that way. It's like, well. if the vocal, if a vocalist who is a screaming vocalist also has a good singing voice, it should be utilized. Otherwise, that person is going to get very bored with it, what they're doing. And eventually your favorite band won't be a band anymore because they want to go off and like do something else. And, you know, for as much as, you know, you want people to dig the stuff you're putting out, there's this misconception of where these people think you're making the music hundred percent solely for them. Yeah. They don't realize you're making music for yourself that you like. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, if, if, if some people don't like it, that's cool and whatever. And I support it. And I guarantee they'll find a band that hits every checkpoint that they want, that they can listen to. That doesn't mean that they, you know, if they don't want to listen to my band because there's some singing like that in there, then, you know, cool. There's other I bands. know. Yeah, there's I other also bands. feel like a lot of the time people think that that bands solely add singing just to get bigger. But it's like, man, this, I, I promise you, this 15 second singing part is not going to make <laughs> my band any bigger than we were with no singing. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, we gotta put them on these huge festivals in Europe because yeah. they put this little singing part. They, they checked it. I know. You know they have singing. All right, shoot them to the top. They're yeah, getting I mean, paid ten thousand a night. This band. A lot of the time, <laughs> like a lot of the time, it won't even work out because a lot of metal fans don't even like singing. So I know. It's like, it, yeah. it it's because they they they'll they'll say that they don't like it, but then some of their bands that they fucking dig do it and they love it. Yeah. Right. Right. Like. I don't get it. It's fucking strange. It's just, it's is like, it good? Is it good? That's all. I think that's what it comes. It, that's all it comes down to for me. It's like, yes, this band has added singing. Is it good singing or is it totally unnecessary? And you know, and it's like, if the singing is good, it's good. There's. Well, one of the, well, this band that, so my band loves this band spirit box. Oh yeah. That's my girl. Courtney's band. Right, she yeah, was in uh, Wrestle the Bear once after Krista, right? She was, yes. I was gonna bring that up uh, during when you were talking about singles. Is that Spirit Box has done a, fi a such a fantastic job? Like Courtney yeah. and I have been friends since before Spirit Box was was a band, and you know we've talked about just like uh, where you're going with the band, and for them, I think singles really uh, helped them out because it made people be continuously interested in the band to the point that now they're, they're making an album and a lot of fucking people are going to listen to that shit because they've blown themselves up doing uh, singles over time. Oh yeah. Um, like, like, a, like, a, like I had never heard of them before. Cause I kind of am just coming back to a lot of this stuff. You know what I mean? I, yeah. for like a few years I was, I was uh, completely away from it. Mm-hmm. Cause I had such a bad taste in my mouth, but like that, that constant song is fucking insane. Oh yeah. It's a good song. That All of their songs are good. They're really well written. They have like a, they have a good like pop structure, song structure to them and they still maintain metal in some way. I think that, that what they've done has been very smart and very good. Yeah. They're so heavy, you know, like they're so fucking like that guitar is so fucking heavy yeah. that they play. Yeah. All their stuff. They have good tone too. And it's like my boy, my boy Johnny um, and and, uh, and um, uh, Andrew uh, from Carcosa did a cover of that song, oh, nice. and the cover fucking amazing. It's amazing, but like, um, I mean, she she fucking sings and screams, and people are all about it. Yeah, 
the singing part just makes you a little bit more versatile and gives your band some diversity and, and different people can listen to it and be like, Oh, I like that part too. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I it's, it's like, there's going to be way more singing on our stuff. I don't give a fuck. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I thought it fit. I mean, it doesn't like stick out. And that's the only, I only don't like it when the singing like really sticks out and you're like, what, why did they do that? It sounds weird. You know, but if it's, if it sounds, yeah, if it sounds like it's supposed to be there, then it's, it's cool. You know? Yeah. I agree with that. Well, one of the best bands out right now is a band shadow of intent. In my opinion, mm-hmm. Ben wire is probably one of the gnarliest vocalists ever. And they sing, they have that same kind of course singing in a lot of their stuff. Yeah. And it's, adds to it it just adds to it and i love that you know what i mean like fucking tom barber in darko sang and it's great oh did he yeah one of the songs they put out it's just singing mm. yeah i mean I you were that. talking about tim lambesis and as i lay dying is one of the first bands that i remember like being way into and i was like it's cool that this band uses singing you know yeah i saw them i saw as I lay dying in 2015 Oh, no, I'm sorry, 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 2005, excuse me. 2005, it was As Dying, Dying, Killswitch Engage, uh, The Black Dahlia Murder. Oh, yeah. Nice. And soil Work. Oh, yeah, I remember, remember that. Remember Soil Work? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. That band was sick. Yeah, they were awesome. And I saw them in, I saw them in, like, I think pretty much every band except for Black Dahlia sang on that show. Oh, yeah. And their stuff. True. Yeah. Black Dolly is one of those bands. I respect them very much because they've been able to stick to like the thing that they do. They've never, they've never tried to change the band that they are, and they've just like gotten huge off of it. It's because they do it perfectly. It's true. They're amazing yeah. I, at what they do. We played them, and it was that venue in Detroit where there's an upstairs and a downstairs. Oh yeah, the house, the the like. It's like a. There, there's it's fucking old as fuck, and there's a venue as you walk in the door, like up a flight of stairs, and then there's a an upstairs where people have the backstage, and then a downstairs. Is that the place you're talking about? I forget the name of it. I just remember the upstairs venue part of it is a huge, fucking massive, massive venue. Yeah, and the downstairs more of like a club. Yeah, yeah, that's the exact place I'm thinking of. I can't remember the name. It's across the street from like a chicken spot. I vaguely remember. Yeah, every portion. Meld together. Yeah. True that. <laughs> but I go upstairs for catering and Trevor is sound checking his voice and he's just talking in that shrill witchy high that he does, just talking. And I I was just amazed. Yeah, he's a great vocalist. <laughs> yeah, awesome, one of, that's one of my favorite vocalists of all and time. Great band to tour with. And great people. Super cool. I met him a few weeks before that and he I think he was very high. <laughs> So he was kind of like out of it a little and I got kind of bummed out cause they're like one of my favorite bands. And then I met him that show that we played downstairs. It was them and revocation upstairs and it was us dying fetus, the faceless in full darkness and a couple and suffocation jumped on that tour too okay. downstairs. I don't remember if they were on that tour or not, but I met him after the show that night. He knew my name. He knew who my band was yeah. and he was so fucking cool. And I was seriously little girl fans, fangirling inside. It was insane. Dude, he's legit, man. Yeah. That, that album that they just put out, um, the green one. Uh, Verminous. Yeah. I was reading some content. Uh, I was reading some. Oh, crap. Hello? Yep, you're there. Yeah, we're good. I, I, was, I was reading some uh, some comments where people were, like, kind of talking bad about the guitar work and whatnot. Or yeah, saying. right, like, dude. Yeah. I will fucking fight yeah. anyone who wants to talk about that guitar work. Like, they were like, this guitar player, it's, it's like 80s metal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's what's I, so I, sick I, about it. 
I, I went and I listened to it and I was like, this is fucking perfection. Dude, Brandon Ellis uh, is seriously a guitar god and he's going to be known for a long time as being a sick guitar player. That guy is one of the sickest guitar players out there and it's cool because he's bringing something to the table right now that I don't think exists in that many metal bands. And he's I love that. That yeah. album's fucking fantastic, and I have the guitar parts stick in my fucking head, and I'm humming them after I, you know, after I've listened to it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, dude, that guy. If you watch him live, it's like he is like it's like watching an '80s guitar player, like you know, one of those like rock gods from the '80s, yeah. and he's got the vibe. His vibe is just like totally on point. I think he's killing it. That's awesome. I hopefully shows come back and we can fucking watch yeah. them and shit like that fucking a i can't wait to play my first show back i agree totally, it's man. been a decade a decade the last show i ever played was in 2012 do you know the date uh it was the memorial show oh wow okay well that was the last show i ever played um because i had quit suffocate before that so um I, I, the last show i played with suffocate was in europe Really? In in 11, I guess. Uh no uh yeah, I think it was 11, I I think. That we were on a tour with <laughs> Heaven Shall Burn and Unearth. Well, Unearth, that's a, another one of those bands that I thought was going to be on top of the fucking world forever. Yeah, Trevor is so fucking cool. The singer Trevor is fucking awesome. Really? That's rad. Yeah, the trip, the funniest dude ever. So funny. And Buzz, the other guitar player, they're just all so fucking cool, man. Like, uh, but uh, that tour was sold out every night. Thousands oh, I and thousands. It, yeah. I bet. I believe it. Yeah. It was fucking insane. It was either, I can't remember, it was either that was the last tour I did or if it was after Russia that I quit. I don't remember now that I'm thinking about it. But yeah, the last show I played was the Mitch show in 2012. So I don't think shows are going to come back on our level um, as far as not being these big, huge, like, EDM shows or DJ shows. I don't think band type shows are going to come back until 2000 until 22 if we're lucky. That's um, I agree with, with you. I think that there, uh, I think that uh, it's easy to like make to guesstimate it because everyone really wants shows to come back and I'm constantly hearing, "Oh dude, they're going to be back in July. They're going to be back in September." They're definitely like, not. A year ago I was hearing the same shit, so I'm just going to take it all with a grain of salt. Well, everything's getting canceled. Yeah, I know. It, it, they say they're going to come and this tour for 21, blah, blah. And then a few months later, sorry, we had to cancel it guys now scheduled for this. Yeah. So, you know, in my opinion, if, if we don't play a show until 2022, I'm really upset about it, but I'm also like, I'm going to sell the fuck out of that. Cause that'll be a decade since I played. Yeah. yeah that's true. Yeah, Definitely. <laughs> that's a good you way know? to look at it, man. Fuck. Yeah. But get to see my friends' bands. I want to see you guys. I want to see left to suffer. I want to see Carcosa. I want, I want to see Lorna shore. I want to see, Shadow of Intent. I want to see all of these fucking bands. And that's where I'm at, dude. Like for a while, I was like, oh, I want to play a show. Now I just want to fucking go to see a Me metal too. show. Like, Me too. That'd be hella fun. I'm hoping that Cannibal is my first show back. Honestly, I'm like kind of. How sick of a show back? A first, a show back first show back would it be to see Cannibal? I'm I'm hated a lot because I prefer I preferred uh, Barnes. Oh, uh, Okay, old school. Fair enough. Old school uh, guy. Fair enough. But Brander is a <clears throat> fucking. I mean, yeah. dude, come on, the neck is a monster. The yeah, neck alone. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> Cannibal Corpse with Barnes. So that's, uh, you know, it's hard for me to, but I do enjoy Cannibal with, with, uh, with Corpse Grinder though. Yeah, I like them all, but I think I, I'm, I like them all, but I definitely prefer the, the Corpse Grinder. Me too. I'm a Corpse Grinder sure. fan. 
a lot of people, I think the majority of people do. I'm part of a tiny little bit that I like. And it just because it could just be because I like the songs. You're an elitist so. is what uh, you are. A metal uh, elitist over here. He doesn't like singing either, everyone. Yeah, yeah I fucking hate it. Hate it. Hate it. <laughs> worst thing ever. That's the worst. <laughs> there will be no more singing in, of sulfur songs because Ricky hates it so much. Yes. Terrible. I made a mistake, guys. I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but fuck man thank you for hanging out for two hours with us it means yeah, a lot and uh yeah yeah it's been two I really, I really appreciate you guys having me on um it was really cool to to meet two other people that i'm fans of that are down to earth and awesome same so yeah, really thanks nice so much and the you. song that we heard from the new band is sick yeah uh, i'm looking forward to, to hear more, more for sure fuck yeah that uh, thank you I, I i can easily say that was the first song we wrote together and every song after that we kind of wish <laughs> is way better. <laughs> That's well, how it goes, man. That's how yeah, it goes. I already feel that way about our new album. Like, fuck, I can probably <laughs> do better than this. I cannot wait to hear that. I'm okay. so excited for what I'll you sent to me. I'll give you a sneak peek. Please send me, uh, um, uh, what, was, what was the one that you did that you were telling me about? Oh, Flesh, Flesh Rot. Yeah. Flesh Rot. Yeah, I'll yeah, send, we'll send it, it to you. Please, right on, man. Really well, we'll fucking, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Peace. Right, Appreciate you. Peace.